Hello everybody and welcome back to the City of Geek and Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm looking away from the mic so it's probably not picking up. Hello. Um, we're talking about The Hobbit this week and I'm joined as always with... William. Hello there. And I'm joined with our housemate and first time appearing guest, Ed. Hello. Yeah, uh, so we're streaming this on Twitch as always and we're having a little bit of a different look, set up, because it yeah, might be... Yeah, don't get too tripped out by it. Yeah, no, because yeah. we um, wanted to try something else because the previous streams there's been fading out so we're not going to have some good comedy moments anymore unfortunately um but yeah if you're listening to us on the normal podcast app hello welcome um normally we do news first uh, how is everyone actually by the way i'm rude <laughs> how dare you not ask how we are <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah you do know yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. doing pretty well. Yeah, Good. Pretty Good. Well. Not too bad, not too bad on this uh, Thursday afternoon. This is already. <laughs> this Thursday. I can feel the heat <laughs> already. I'm quite... I'm at a content body temperature, I'm not going to oh, lie. you're drinking I, tea. I'm drinking tea, Jesus. mate. Jesus. As I always now. do when we do one of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so normally we do a little bit of news. We don't really have a lot today. Um, I had some stuff that I shared in the Facebook group, as always. Uh, what was it I shared? I don't fucking know. I can't remember. Something to do with Star Wars and... You shared and, um, and Star Marvel. Wars... Uh, oh, yeah, I, that I've, I've forgotten the name of it now. Visions. I did, I, Visions, that was it. I did it's watch the, the trailer. Um, yeah, the trailer came out. What, what did we think? I don't think you said it. Ed, no, I you're not, you're not massively into... So this is one you're of not the... even in the group. Uh, are, well, you, are you not? I don't, I, know. I don't think I am. I don't really do Facebook. Oh, that's he, fine. He doesn't really. That's right. It's just a bunch of. Neither do I these days. I mean, it's... apart from podcast stuff. Yeah, it's like. No, I don't. I just get it, get it to gather news, and that's it. Yeah. And just tell people to enjoy life. I mean, yeah. Yes. I, I do have visions, though. You know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this is the um, the anime style um, series that is coming to Disney Plus, all about Star Wars. Um, I thought it looked pretty. Was this pretty was darn... this one of the things they originally announced when they did it their was like, roadmap plan? when they did their. Um, I'm going to mute that. Uh, so it was one of their things that they announced in the uh, Investor's Day stuff. Um, and I think stylistically it looks incredible. It's very um, different to anything Star Wars. It's very anime. Come it's very anime. It is anime. It's, it's, it's Star Wars anime, but it's like very anime yeah. more than it is Star Wars. It, it, it definitely leans into the quite the ridiculousness that anime can do which I'm like yeah just go all out because there's a bunch of space wizards so of course they'd be able to do what they do in this I think there's some lights like that we're, we're showing it? a trailer in the background but there's a there's a dude with a staff and it just like detaches into this like umbrella of lightsabers like that's pretty wacky and ridiculous <laughs> and I love complete it complete overkill yeah um, it's like he's got it's like he's got General Grievous on the end of a stick and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like presses yeah. the button and it like starts to spin yeah I, I don't know much about this because I haven't read up on it but I, no. it looks like to me that there's like there's several different stories yeah contained within the visions bracket for Star Wars, yeah. Where, wherever this is going on Disney Plus, it'll come out, won't it? But yeah, it seems like to me that there was like several different creative minds working on it because each one looks stylistically very different. Like, there's one slightly different. There's yeah, yeah. a shot there with like stormtroopers and someone doing some Jedi weird stuff, force stuff, space space wizards, space yeah. wizard stuff that looks very kind of classic not classically anime but it looks it's still anime but it's like classic Star Wars like this very obviously a stormtroopers yeah. it's very obviously a force wielder in kind of a cloak and stuff yeah. and it's very obviously in some sort of environment that is sort of mechanic, mostly mechanical and metal so it's quite 
nailed on styles. And then you have like the little kid that's playing the guitar that looks like they've been ripped straight from a manga book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. On um, Tatooine. And it's like, so I'd be interested to find out because to me it seems like that there's been multiple creative minds that are each telling yeah. like, this is going to be, I think 90% of this is going to be completely original stuff. Because, I mean, yeah, you get, like, little shots back to Tatooine and stuff. But I don't think that'll be a main focus it's of just the story. It's, set. it's just it's, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But everything around it, like the characters and stuff, it looks really different See, and unique. Even even with even with animated stuff, they, they can't resist going back to the old places and stuff. Tatooine, no. We've seen enough of that desert planet. Yeah, it's, it's not very interesting, let's be honest. Apart yeah. from Moss Eisley, that was okay. But. I think it showed a bit of stuff to do with the um, pod racing as well, which we haven't had anything from since episode one, pod racing. Uh, you believe you're right. I don't know whether there was anything in Rebels or... Let's or have more stuff pod racing. Let's have more pod racing, yeah. Ed, do you want more pod racing in your life? Um, I, I, I could actually do with less pod racing in my life. <laughs> okay. the, uh, of what we've already had. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm out there every other day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, have you, you've seen all the Star Wars films, have you? I Most haven't. Of, the, um, or been a while. I it's been a while. I, I, I saw the original ones, obviously. Yeah. I have seen the prequel ones. And yeah. um, I only just very recently watched the last two of the sequels. The last um, two, so you've unfortunately had to see Rise of Skywalker. I have. Yeah. Wait, what last two? That last two was alright. We allow that one. Are we, are we bringing <laughs> that it, you, it, This is an interesting point. Like, yeah. I'm very swinging on, you are very on The swinging. Last Jedi. Yeah. I, like, consistently. I remember when we... I, 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 I take a minute and I'm like, oh, no, I like it. And then I go, oh, actually, no, I don't. I really don't like it. And then I'm like, oh, no, I, li- I like it. Yeah. Not, but I can't I honestly can't decide since in the moment I watched The Last Jedi like The Rise of Skywalker is easy it's a horrible movie <laughs> like it's just like no it's, it's no this is, this is our daily uh, The Force uh, Awakens uh, is just A New Hope again it's fine it's, it's right. fine yeah. but it, it's just an average movie but The Last Jedi is like when I first watched it I didn't like it and then before my, we my did very the podcast visceral... the second episode or whatever it was the third episode we did Last Jedi on this podcast God, way back when. Um, it was a long time ago. Now. Yeah, oh Christ. It was like 70 episodes ago. Um, no, you, you actually ended up really enjoying it. I ended I think, up enjoying it, yeah, yeah, really enjoying it. Well, and then now you've when gone we back. did the rewatch. And now I've gone back to not, not liking, liking this it. movie. Okay, now. I, You're all over the place. I am. You're bipolar to Star Wars, mate. I've yeah. watched a lot about The Last Jedi recently, mm. and it has, it's open. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about what is, it. What are Star Wars haters? No, I'm joking. Um, it's fine. No, about people who are genuinely making really good points about it. And oh, no, I don't. I, I, there is problems with it, but... I, I, yeah. I've i gone over things that before I said, oh, no, I, I like that bit because it's this way, and I've gone, well, actually, no. Now now I actually think about it in, a wi- in an even wider context. Yeah. I don't agree with it, and I don't like no. it. So I, I I don't mind it. The thing, right. so the thing to explain myself, the thing that has got me recently is the fact that it's been very obviously pointed out to me. Even though I knew this before, it was one of the things I didn't like about the Last Jedi, which was the humor. The humor is rubbish. It's terrible. Oh yeah, it doesn't fit with the Star Wars canon because it's a completely different movie. And just going on the fact that it's also terribly written, it's not very good humor. But one of the things that really struck me of it is like okay you've Johnson's trying something different here he's subverting expectations a little bit mm. that's cool but when you completely change the genre of the movie to have slapstick comedy in it 
Yeah. And there was a lot more of it than I remembered watching the uh, watching a few videos. I was like, oh god, I forgot that happened. Oh yeah, that happens <laughs> as well. That moment happens, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, it is just like I've, uh, I I should write these things down. I've forgotten the word that they used for it, um, but it's it's a particular type of humor that is used in um, in movies, and it works when it's done well within yeah. the context of it. But it just isn't executed well in Star Wars, and it's just a lot of the time the humor just it's a lot of time it's physical comedy and it's just jokes for jokes sake it just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah like the classic example in the last jedi is when um some of the um first order are walking out of a doorway it's a scene that we've seen a hundred times in star wars oh and they turn around and the droid that comes out with them just drives into the wall and like sparks fly and it just does that happen yeah that happens and it destroys one of the panels on the wall and it's it's not there for any other reason than just to be a comic it's like a slapstick moment but it's right in the middle of a scene that isn't comical and it's just so out of place and when you watch it again i was like oh god yeah i missed that that was that's really jarring watching that a second time because you're right it just doesn't fit with what's happening um and the other one is where the the ray and kylo are fighting the 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 people in the red thing Um, uh the red room yeah yeah and Kylo chucks one of them and they go into one of the the vent things yeah and they get just spaghettified yeah I forgot it happened but like I might it's fine it doesn't fit the rest of the scene though doesn't it no because it's it's compared to what's happening in the rest of it it's just needlessly like everything else is quite contained the combat is anyway yeah um I'd have to go back and watch it, which I'm not going to do. We'll but... have to watch The Last Jedi again and do a re-review on it. <laughs> Maybe that's a good ongoing thing to do. Yeah, just re- the movie we cannot decide on. Yeah, but Every 70 episodes we'll go back to it. And also the thing that I think is worth mentioning is that a lot of what I like about The Last Jedi has been put into context by people after The Last Jedi. True. Rather than it actually being what's the meat and potatoes of the movie. Yeah. Um... It's kind of stuff that's been pulled from the movie and made into things that make contextual sense. And it's like, yeah, no, the movie doesn't actually tell this story. It, it has the theme in it, but it's not. that's not the point of why it's there. The point of... It's been made that point by this person who's a fan of the, the, the genre, rather than it was the intention of the filmmakers to present it that way. So it's a movie that I cannot decide on. It's, okay. it's really, like, frustrating. But there we go. Yeah. Uh, Mini rant over. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, this is our bingo card of shit. We're talking about Star Wars again and The Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi again. Um, so <laughs> we should do a bingo take, episode of the podcast. Take that off your list. Um, <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yes. The Green Knight's coming to streaming. To streaming? Where? In America only. For fuck's sake. <laughs> when is it coming out in the UK? <laughs> next year sometime you're literally losing your mind I am I really want to see it yeah on the other hand it does give me time to read the King Arthur stories um but uh, it's had really good reviews and people say it's really brilliant and I want to I want to watch it it looks really good ever since I saw the trailer I'm hooked do you know much about Green Knight Ed I don't know it's Uh, a movie that is coming out from uh, A2A Studios who have done so many films it's not even worth mentioning but they've done like Moonlight and, and Oscar nominated things and things you know um, uh, uh, there's, there's loads anyway you can go and look on their website at all the films they've done and it's hundreds of them um, all of them are of a really good standard as well um, 
but I think it's. Uh, forgive me, I I'm going to look this up because I I've forgotten the director. Is it um, related to some Arthurian legend? It is the Arthurian legend of uh, Sir Gawain and the the Green Knight. I, ha I I I am aware of that story. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, a new retelling of it in a kind of uh, high fantasy kind of setting, directed by David Lowry. Um, what has he done, David Lowry? Uh, I can have a look at what he does. Uh, you can just continue talking about Green Knight, I'll look what he's done. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, Yeah, but it's starring Dev Patel as Gwen, who okay. is a great actor, love Dev Patel. Um, it's got a stellar cast. Erin uh, Kellyman, who played... Um, I always forget her name. She was the uh, the the villain of the um, in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, uh, Carly. Yes. Who plays yes. Carly in Carly that? She's in, she's in it. Um, Alicia Vikander is in it. Um, you're gonna you're gonna like what he's done in the past. Ralph Eisenstein, uh, Joel Joel Edgerton is in it as well. Uh, there's loads of great people. Loads yeah. of great people. Uh, um, Shane Harris plays King Arthur. Um, but anyway, it's it's a, it's a kind of a high fantasy retelling of that that is very um, kind of uh, it's got a lot of magic and stuff. There's like a talking fox. It's very like. Um, it's very uh, representative of what actually kind of the, the story is. Yeah. I recommend you go check out the trailer and I recommend anybody listening goes check checks out if they haven't. It looks incredible. The visuals, the music, everything looks stunning. Well, if you're living in the US, go watch it. Or if, if you're you living can, in the US, go and see it in the cinema. Go and watch it. Um, unless it's not safe to, then don't be safe. Stream it don't at home. Stream it at home. Watch it on streaming because you uh, can. I think it's coming to um, HBO. So David Lowry, he hasn't done too many films he's like sort of at the start of his mm. career he, uh, in 2009 he started doing his first films he did Alexander Last Saint Nick and then Pit Stop Ain't the Body Saints he did Peach Dragon the, the Disney remake oh right yeah he yeah. did that film. the live action one yeah he did The Yellow Birds The Ghost Story uh, The Old Man and the Gun Green Knight The Year of Everlasting Storm um, and he's also doing Peter Pan and Wendy oh he, really that, that one that's coming out the um, Disney remake year. yeah Interesting. Which is okay. your, your favourite Disney my story. My favourite Disney story is Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. One of them. I'm not a massive fan. Like, I mean, I know you're pretty enthralled with uh, a lot of Disney things. From I didn't I didn't watch a load of the Disney films when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, but of the ones I did see, Peter Pan was always a fun... was always the one I loved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, The Green Knight looks really incredible. So I better get on with reading the King Arthur tales. Because I think The Green Knight is about halfway through. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. I'm also genuinely excited because there's the King Arthur films are not always good. <laughs> good. It's not a good record, is there? Yeah. There's not a good record. They're all very. They're either very, very. I mean, the one that everybody says is is kind of the standard is Excalibur, which is the '80s one, which is the one that has like like rock and roll music set to it and oh. um, has uh, Helen Mirren was, and a bunch of other people in it what was the one that came out um, a couple years ago called I think it was just called Arthur it was called Something it was called was... Legend of the Sword which was um, yeah and that was like a big box office bomb it was Ridley bomb. Scott's ver version yeah and that was a box office bomb it was like made for so much money it made nothing because apparently it was just quite average there was a lot of things that I um, there were things I enjoyed about that version of King Arthur, Arthur and the Legend of the Sword. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of things that were crap, a bit strange. Yeah, um, wasn't a bad. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad film. I think it's enjoyable, yeah. but it's just not. It's not kind of the. I've always hoped for a kind of sweeping epic fantasy of King Arthur. Um, 
that kind of really commits to kind of making it kind of gritty and almost think like medieval movie drama Mm. um but kind of isn't that where they've always gone wrong with it yeah maybe and they've always tried to kind of lean into the fantastical elements of it rather than kind of trying to yeah, that was a um, massive box office. So uh, Charlie Hunnam uh, was the guy that played uh, King Arthur. Jude Law was in it. Um, Eric Banner was in it as well. Uh, yeah. King uh, Jude Law played King uh, Vortigern. Vortigern. Yeah, who was um, so I believe a completely made up character so, for the movie. Oh god. Um, who was? Yeah, it was. It was very. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like for example, the start of the movie is like uh, Vortigern uh, kills King Arthur's parents. Spoiler. Great. Um, Good on him. He's his uncle as I well. I recognise the name actually. It is a, a real person. I think so. Yeah, I think his role was adapted though for the movie. Slowly. Yeah, it was like one of those early Anglo-Saxon kings. Um, and he, um, and there's this really weird scene where, for some reason, Mortigan is just has like powers to become like he turns into like Sauron or something. <laughs> it's really strange. Like he can just turn into this like ten foot tall armored knight warrior who's like really powerful and magical. Yeah. Um, hence why you need Excalibur to fight him but um, so yeah the, the dad's ki- uh, battling him with Excalibur and then the sword gets knocked out of his hand and before Mortigern can like do the final blow his dad kneels down and the sword flips up and goes through his dad's back and then his dad becomes the stone in which the sword is embedded oh, that's an interesting take ah, on that that's alright which is like that's, that's that's right. a really cool idea yeah Probably wasn't executed properly though. It was weird. It was very weird. It's yeah. like it all happens on this weird dock side. I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking at the cast. This it's actually a fucking good cast. So Astrid um, uh, Burgess uh, Frisbee. I'm definitely saying that wrong. Uh, she plays Mage. Obviously Eric Banner as uh, Uther Pendragon. Uh, Digimon Honsu is in it. Aidan Gillen, uh, best known for Little uh, Finger. <laughs> Uh, Annabelle uh, Wallace, uh, Joby Harold, and David Beckham was in this. David film. Beckham was in this film. He plays someone called Trigger. Yeah. It, it, Why? Just like, for, like five minutes, he's in the film. Good. Because Good on celebrity. Yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah. He has some cool face makeup though. I will say that he's got like, <laughs> interesting scarring and stuff on his okay. face. Oh, well. I mean, he's always been quite a visual. Um, he's always <laughs> quite a visual. Guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah it's all about the looks. With if you can't do the haircut because it's like a medieval drama, just make his face look strange and, and yeah. kind of hip. So. Um, yeah, the, the the budget of this I film. Think, I, sorry, I think even um, I think the the mage you mentioned, who yeah. is the, the the female character, is um, Guinevere. Yeah, and I think she's like she's a wizard in the in this version of the movie, which is strange. Oh, cool. Um, although not too far off, because I think that was a similar thing with the uh, the other adaptation that had Kira Knightley in it, uh, and was set in the Roman period. Jesus, um, and she was like, uh, I think she was like a. She was the daughter of Merlin, who was the leader of the tribe, uh, like a pick tribe that was at, the, at Hadrian's Wall, because that's where it kind of all takes place. Um, mm. See that, and that's like that's a good one to mention because I haven't actually seen that one. Although apparently it's not too bad. It's 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 kind of underwhelming though, as far as King Arthur stories go. But it's kind of like reimagining it in the setting of the Dark Ages, where the Roman legions have left Britain, and you've just kind of got this empty, hollow. Britain that we don't really know anything about. But that that is where the mis- Arthurian legends yeah. are supposed to have come from. Yeah. From the after the collapse of the Roman Empire. And the, this idea that that Arthur was literally a old Roman centurion who kind of just stood up and was like, "Well, we need to create some law and order and defend our borders and things." And mm. from the uh, attacking, I think it's the Nords that they have as the 
Oh no, it's the is it the Anglo Saxons? It would be the the Saxons. The Saxons, yeah, the Saxons who are the the villains of the movie, mm. uh, the invading yeah. force. The the budget of this film is quite depressing to look at. So it was made for one hundred seventy five million dollars. I'm getting all this information from um, Box Office Mojo, which is the IMDb Pro thing. It's somewhat accurate, I guess. So one hundred seventy five million, and it grossed one hundred forty eight million. So that's a huge loss. Thirty or so million loss, yeah. Well, it'd be more than that because of the uh, marketing. Because I think one of the general rules is the actual budget of the film is what you know the hundred seventy-five million, and then maybe another half of that on top will double that because of marketing and how well they like publicise. Like, hey, come see the film. Um, yeah, so effectively, maybe a over three hundred million dollar yeah. movie didn't even get half that. That's that's a it big was, loss. Um, the <coughs> the overall trouble with King Arthur movies is they always try to somewhat deviate from the actual legend. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the issue there is that the legends are so kind of they're all yeah. over, there's so many different versions. There is so many different versions, and they've changed over the years so much as well as mm. as do new people have introduced new ideas and new stories, new characters to the Arthurian legend. Mm. Um, I don't. Uh, the version I'm going to read is a complete version by someone who, um, who kind of compiled it into a story. I'll I'll research the details and I, I will talk about it on the podcast after I've read yeah. it. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Was um, King Arthur an actual dude? Was he uh, nobody real? knows. There's this is the this is the mysterious yeah. thing is like that nobody knows about this because it's all King Arthur dates back to there's some very old Welsh scriptures that are written in Welsh I believe that mention. An Ar- a King Arthur and an Arthur but all of the information is literally it's just a couple of sentences of information it's not it's not like historical records these days it's literally just Arthur fought at the battle of this and this happened that was, that's an example that I've seen so it's very there's such a lack of information that people kind of just ran away with it as kind of a legend but there's nothing to ever prove that he necessarily lived there's no yeah. grave of King Arthur for example no um, maybe it's the this, this stone that the sword was in maybe he's buried underneath that maybe maybe yeah, he maybe did the flip trick and the, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah nobody's ever found a sword stuck in a stone and I'm pretty sure that we've scoured most of the, the of Britain's caves and things but okay. um, well it wouldn't still be there would it, <laughs> it would still be, no. it's probably, maybe it's underneath it's probably Buckingham nicked Palace. by some Anglo-Saxon uh, <laughs> maybe it's underneath Buckingham Palace you never know maybe maybe but you're not allowed to um, dig underneath there because there's treason or something. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> is it Ed? There's probably Bloody. something weird. <laughs> um, but anyway. Bloody regulations, um, eh? <laughs> Why can't I, have I been dig? to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All he wanted to do is dig a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Why do that? Diggy, diggy oh, hole. God. Um, but yeah, the... Um, <clears throat> I, I like Arthurian legend. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Um, Just bring I've, it out. I've also Britain. been to... Anybody that's has any time on their hands down in Devon Cornwall way go to Tintagel because Tintagel is said to be it's an ancient uh, castle ruin ground uh, but it's sent, said to be the 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 either real location of Camelot or the inspiration behind Camelot oh. um, and a lot of the Tintagel is mentioned in a few of the King Arthur old scripts and things cool. it's very interesting um, yeah. and there's the awesome statue of um, King Arthur that's there on the cliff side yeah it's all very interesting but anyway, that's the Green Knight. That's um, the Green Knight. We yeah. still can't watch it. No. 
fuck's sake. I probably won't be able to until January. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of films that we can't watch until 2023, um, Fast and Furious 10. Oh, is, what a shame. That's, <laughs> uh, that'll be released April 2023. My voice is going off, son. <clears throat> I apologise. Um, but yeah, that's coming out then. Um, they should call it Furious X because SpaceX because they're going to space aren't they well where else is there to go yeah they, they've done I think it was spoilers for maybe Fast and Furious 9 because who gives I don't a, think anyone cares who right? gives a fuck um, <laughs> um, there's a bit where they actually build a like they put a fucking rocket on the back of a car and then should go into like the outer oh, outer atmosphere yeah. so yeah, yeah. They, they should call it Fast X or Furious X SpaceX and yeah. they should get NASA involved. Go on, NASA. Make... They're just going to be driving on the moon, aren't they? Are you not? They're going to have fair. Elon Musk or in Mars it. or something. Good old, good on Elon. Elon, yeah. he's going to Elon esque. I mean, a lot of people still going to watch it. They're still, still. How much? Do, I'm going to look at how much Fast Furious Nine. It's true. Like, think it's as much as people, we take the mick out of the Fast Furious. Yeah, they must make money, otherwise they wouldn't. I, what I will say is, I, I I watch Fast and Furious Nine, and that was the first one I've have seen. Have you seen it? it? <laughs> not not Nine, Eight. Sorry, the, pre- okay. the previous one. Um, it's not a terrible movie. No, I've I've heard like, eight was pretty alright. It's it's. I think I said it's, seven. It's I haven't decent. seen eight. It's it's got a lot of just stupid action sequences that just don't. That's what that's what, <laughs> that's what they've turned into. They've turned yeah. into as Martin Scorsese would say, uh, theme park films. But it was but it was um, a it was a decent um, it was a decent uh yeah it was just it was, mindless it was a fun. decent ride yeah mindless fun and so. the. the story is very simple but it, it was good it, it had good interesting twist in it and stuff so it was good yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. here to bash that kind of thing oh shit Fast um, Saga what I the... won't be watching Fast 9 though <laughs> <laughs> no. um, Fast 9 has made so far I don't know if it's continuing on or stopped making money but 681 million um, that's quite a lot so that's enough profit yeah they'll make us they're making another yeah Yeah. better than King Arthur better than King Arthur good on you good on you Fast what should they call? So I think they're doing eleven. So they'll do fast, fast X, which is going into space, and then Fast and Furious eleven, which is all about Excalibur, and that's where your King Arthur. I mean, the movie. obvious thing, the obvious place to go would be time travel. Time travel. <laughs> they go back in time and find King Arthur, mm. and then there's your King Arthur film that makes more than a hundred million. <laughs> fast yeah. to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, Fast and the Future. Fast and the Future. Yeah. Hire us, Hollywood. God damn it. The, lo- the logos even look similar. What, King Arthur in... No, the Fast... <laughs> no, the Fast and Furious titles and, and Back to the Future. Oh, does. oh yeah, the, does. Way, the way the letters stack, it's kind yeah, of a similar text arrangement. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, there's that. Good, good on you, Fast and Furious. What's some Marvel news? Shall I Marvel run through news. it? Yeah, go some Marvel news, because we don't like uh, not talking about Marvel news. Captain America 4 is officially happening with Anthony Mackie. Good on him. We knew it was anyway. They've just announced it now. Yeah. Um, he signed a deal. Pen to paper. Couple of, couple of potential... Not spoilers, but rumours. Rumours, rumours. Of potential spoilers. Okay. Um, there's some rumours going around that Ben Kingsley is in... The Ten Rings. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised about that. So, uh, Ben Kingsley played the, uh, the character man- called the Mandar- Mandarin. Mandarin in Iron Man in 3. Iron Man 3. And he looked really good as the Mandarin, but then they made him a joke, which was really <laughs> stupid. And they made him a punchline, yeah. Um, and he was fake, and he wasn't the real one. Yeah. Um, <clears> but <throat> apparently he's reprising that role yeah. 
There's a um in the new Shang-Chi and the Legend. How, how many? So this might be completely foreign to you, Ed. How many mm. of the Marvel films have you seen? Or if you've taken any interest, do you know much of the spoilers okay. about? Have you seen Endgame? Do you know who dies in that? No. Okay. Shit. No, I, I, I know people that die. I, I'll tell you what. I, I've watched. I think I've watched two Marvel films. Okay. And they're probably they're both. Actually, yeah. No, one of them was the first Iron Man film. Okay. Yeah, and you didn't like that. It was alright. Oh, I, I thought just, you wouldn't have liked it because you don't like Tony Stark. Oh, well, no, I don't have any problem with him. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a nice bloke, you know. Yeah, probably yeah. a nice it's guy. Just what, it's just what Jeff Bezos wants to be, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, the other one I've watched is The Hulk. Is The Hulk Marvel? Uh, which one? <laughs> I don't know. They're, the they're with, all Marvel. There's, yeah, they're all Marvel, but... The one in the cinematic universe is... Oh, actually, you know, technically there's, both there's, are, but... There's Hulk from Eric Banner and he plays Bruce Banner and he turns into Hulk and it's got um, oh what's his name I'm going to look it up um, it's the one I haven't seen it's the it's, bad it's one the bad it's the bad one it's the really it? bad one it's, yeah. there's it's one from with Edward Norton in it and then there's one with Edward Norton in it yeah. and Liv Tyler's in it yes Liv Tyler yeah plays his love interest in it and it yeah. has Tim Roth and it has I'll be honest as far yeah. as I could tell it was basically an advert for the US military yes yes it's that one Yeah, yeah. it's that one it was like or is it an ad Join for the, the army? Or is it an ad for the US military because there's a giant green guy that just destroys it all? No, it's an ad well, for the US military. It, it's like, the there might be a one in a million shot here that you can hulk out. What is the, <laughs> what is the, um, is the Transformers films, which is basically an ad for US military, isn't it? Yeah, they are. They're they like, are. They're like, they're even, I think they're even budgeted they're like, by the US there's military. There's some really shady stuff, actually, yeah, with a lot of those films. With those Transformers, because I think the brief story is Michael Bay wanted to use a lot of like the tanks and Air Force and stuff like that and they were like right we'll give you all of our planes and weapons and shit but we have to be portrayed in a good light <laughs> a good light yeah you can't you can't do us any bad in, in, that's in a likely. purely uh, purely freedom to America way uh, you're going to turn on the light you are aren't you? I am turning on the light there's been a dip the sun's gone down that's fine the there we go behind the clouds well, right. you can see us um, so that is my experience of Marvel um Nice. I'm sure you're very well, disappointed in me. No, 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 no. You just, <laughs> I'll make you watch them. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. No, it's fine. No, because it was. <laughs> so you said twenty-two you movies. <laughs> yeah, it's another twenty-two movies to go. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. 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 Definitely okay. not going to get bored or tired of that. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's Iron Man one, and then like the third Iron Man film was about this guy with ten rings, and he was like a, he was terrorist, like organization, and it had kind of. A pretty good theme, villain, and you're like, okay, I remember when I remember way. when the trailers came out, and, and everyone was, was really excited because they were like, oh my god, it's it's the Mandarin, he's like Tony Stark and Iron Man's greatest villain, and oh, yeah. this looks so good, and it's kind of dark, and it's dealing with terrorism, and, and it looks like an interesting setup. Uh, and it, yeah, literally, it turns out it turns out he's an actor just been who's been hired to play the Mandarin hmm. as a cover up. That's really bad. And that's the reveal. Yeah. yeah. And then the real guy is weird. a guy who turns into like molten. Oh, his yeah, skin he's, he's gets really fire. hot. He's a fire dude. Things. It's it's um, based off of the um, extremist comic, which is like this injection that you get and you turn into like a super being. And it's like that's in itself a really good story. But when you're like merging the two together, and you're like sort of they tried to bait and switch people. Bait and switch, and it's also you're just discounting um, the discounting. I, I, uh, what's, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's kind of like. It's another word to disrespect. It's like you're, you're kind of just shitting on. 
devalued. Devaluing like the the importance of the Mandarin of like that's like basically in Infinity War being like ah there's this guy called Thanos he's collecting all these stones he's gonna kill everyone actually nah he's not that big of a deal it's just this other giant worm or something I don't fucking know yeah he's a big worm surprise Galactus (laughs) surprise (laughs) not even Galactus just someone that isn't that good yeah um here let's have uh what's a really stupid villain here has Howard the Duck (laughs) Howard the Duck Howard the Duck's not even a villain but it's just it's kind of like that it's Howard the Duck who's being the puppet master all along yeah and it's like well what about Thanos what What about okay right you had something really interesting there and now you just kind of shitted it on Uh, do all the Marvel movies while you're there Uh, Um, I do yeah apparently there's a British theatre chain this is a rumour so take this with a pinch of salt everybody has um, leaked that J.K. Simmons is in the new Venom movie oh okay Um, why for what reason we don't know but apparently he's in it I've also heard that apparently Venom is going to be in the new uh, Morbius film with Jared Leto as as vampire dude great good on him wonderful that's great great. Uh, Bane and the Joker teaming up just in the wrong roles fuck me that's going to be a terrible uh, film (laughs) we don't like well I don't like Jared Leto I have no idea who it is Jared Leto is the lead singer of um, 30 Seconds to Mars Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a fine singer. and It's okay, I don't, he's not important. I don't well. like him as an actor. I just think he did. He was the guy... He, so, we spoke about Suicide Squad a couple of weeks back. Um, mm. And he played the Joker, but he's a method actor. So, he was like... <laughs> method, method So, he had to so, go and murder a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. He, actually, he actually murdered a bunch of people. No, he sent like used condoms and dead rats to his co-stars and he sent bullets to people. And it's like, what are you fucking doing? Like, yeah, come on. That, that's, that's weird. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I understand people method acting by like, you know, being like isolating themselves into like a specific role to get in the character and make themselves like a psychopath or whatever. Okay, I just said that completely. Method acting isn't that you you inhabit the character. It's that you stay in the zone while you're on set. So you don't ever snap out of it. Like Daniel Day-Lewis is the best example of a method actor. He never breaks character. Heath Ledger did it. Uh, He did a a bit of method acting. Heath Ledger did do it, yes. Um, But but Heath Ledger wasn't going around the set terrorising people. He was just sitting in the Joker's body in mannerisms and things. And, you know, it wasn't wasn't like he was going to try and blow up two boats with a load of people on them yeah. um, <laughs> just no. because it's fun um, um, but yeah it's um, yeah he's ju- it's just just stop Morbius is going to be bad that's, that's all yeah. we can say good, good on you um, Jared Leto how you make good films um, January 2022 is when we can expect Peacemaker season one yeah another yeah another spin-off show of a character I wouldn't mind seeing that one actually because Peacemaker was probably one of the best bits in the Suicide Squad film uh, it'd be interesting to see him as the lead character yeah than just the support I think character. it's because James Gunn came out and said out of all the characters that was in the Suicide Squad Peacemaker didn't really have a complete arc everyone had like their own little mini story that they resolved so he's in the using end, that as an excuse just... to make a whole season of a TV show well, well no he, he <laughs> the, the story behind it also is that uh, James Gunn just started writing it in lockdown he didn't really expect anything to come of it uh, and then I think Warner Bros. was like, yeah, what are you, you going to do now? And he was like, well, I've made writing of all this like piece of paper. And they were like, fuck, this is good. Do it. And then he was like, okay, sweet, I'll do it. Cool. Yeah, go on then. Um, James Gunn was originally going to use 
Superman as the main villain in the Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, he wasn't allowed to, obviously, because Superman is Superman. Uh, was, well, I, is I, I don't know whether he, was, he wasn't allowed to, but he... I think I read it was more to that he just preferred to use Starro than he probably, Superman, yeah. because... But he was going to maybe everyone t- since Superman a billion times. Like we don't need another Superman, or just use Starro, man. Cause Starro's good. Yeah, and it fits the ridiculousness of the movie um, as well to have a giant starfish stomping around. Oh yeah, Ed, that was that was the main uh, villain in the Suicide Squad. Starfish. It was a giant starfish. starfish with a big eye in the middle of it. I will good. I will get a picture of that up for you. <laughs> just quite get quite a picture funny. of Starro. Yeah, it sounds like SpongeBob. Uh, uh, Starro the Conqueror. Oh, fuck. But yeah. um... It's very. Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's batshit insane. I guess he was going to make Superman the main oh villain. God. That's Starro. That's Starro. Yeah. Oh wow. He's a very funny character. I mean, yeah. that's pretty great, isn't it? That's that's the villain. Um. um doesn't have a mouth. He's pretty. He's no, pretty, it doesn't. He's pretty scary, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's actually quite, really it's quite, weird. It's quite creepy. Yeah. He, like sends yeah. out a load of little starfish, and then they like. Face, hug a people's face and he oh, can like, like alien yeah, yeah mind yeah. control people yeah it's really weird it's a good film um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah it was very well executed I have to say um, for something that is such a ridiculous concept that it's, it's just a, a giant starfish there's a guy called polka dot man and he shoots polka dots obviously yep what more um, do you want I, um, I don't know actually I don't know what happens for those of those people who are missing out on the Superman versus the Suicide Squad we are getting a Suicide Squad versus the Justice League game from yeah Rocksteady like so which have that also yeah. looks pretty good. So, yeah, that, uh, that looks like it's it's effectively going to tell the story of because the whole point of the Suicide Squad in DC is to have a set of villains that can do jobs necessarily that the heroes won't do because they probably will end up dead. That's yeah. why they're called the Suicide Squad. They're expendable. They're expendable. Yeah. When are we going to get cross franchise? What Marvel and DC? Yeah. Uh, well, James Gunn wanted has been trying yeah. to push this. He wants to do I mean, a Marvel. Versus, I think it would be Marvel versus DC. I think who, would, who would win? I think yeah. it would happen, but not too soon. But also, just thinking about it, like, why would they fight? Well, that's like, not the point. Just, right? just why? Why would anyone fight anyone else? Got to... Do you know what I would love to see? Because effectively, that's what DC have done anyway with ruining their characters in movies. Yeah, is um, make a suicide. Um, sorry, make a Justice League versus. Avengers movie, yeah. but make it the Justice Lords from the alternative DC universe, where oh, the, the Justice League ones. take over and become like God rulers of Earth. Oh. So you've got like, you know, evil Superman and then evil Batman who's like super scheming and. The and thing stuff is, though, and... if it was going to be DC versus Marvel, there's an easy winner DC. Really? Yeah, easily. I'd say. Because all of the Marvel characters actually have limits. <laughs> Superman is oh fucking p. But he, he could be, he just be destroyed run. by a rock. Yeah, but kryptonite. But the Marvel characters I mean, don't know De- his weakness. Deadpool and Wolverine can't die. Yeah, they can't. Well, Deadpool can't, but he's just a shithouse. He's like a meme. Yeah. So they, Wolverine can. Yeah. Marvel would. Well, it depends on which version of the character. It depends who like what. Yeah. What the writers want. Uh, effectively, I think it was I saw someone say. Uh, I mean, one of the writers of the no, it was Stan Lee that came out and said, "Oh, if it was um, who's going to win, DC or Marvel?" And he was like, "Whoever's writing the story, because yeah. they can just decide." Like, ah, fucking Superman's all of a sudden dead. But like, I does. suppose to try and put it in context, this is one of these wishy-washy things because it never works. These things, but um, 
Standard size. Wolverine, for example, it does die, but he expends after many, many years of fighting because yeah. when he's younger, his regenerative ability is fine. Yeah. If Wolverine went up against Superman, it would be pretty stalemate, to be honest, because it doesn't matter how I hard think... Superman punches him, he's just going to regenerate. I think... I think... <laughs> I think... Or laser eyes. Well, I, th- I think... Um... I think it was right, let's so, put it this way Deadpool has the same ability and Deadpool can literally be beheaded and, and he can have still his be body obliterated and then just regrow his body yeah. I so, think alright let's just say like mm. uh, I'm going to I'm next something from another podcast standard side football field yeah um, Superman versus Wolverine there's no, nothing else it's just a football field and then they have to fight to the death who would win I'd say give it like you, because Superman, he needs what is his weakness? Just it's magic and kryptonite. A, Nothing uh, it's else. It's a lot more than just kryptonite. In the comics, it's all sorts of stuff. He's weak well, to magic, magic, which He's Wolverine weak. doesn't have. You can electrocute him, which he doesn't. Copious amounts of electricity he doesn't deal well with. And Wolverine doesn't have that. <laughs> he has no electric. He's just got swords in his arms. Yeah, and it's like but good it, fighting ability. Um, I wouldn't say so. I think Wolverine's more of like a um, just an. Uh, an, an animal to put the pun correctly he's not got any style at all he's mm. just a rampaging monster he's, mm. he's an animal he doesn't have like because you see in a lot of the films he's just swinging about in his arm he's got no technique you can, you can, or anything you can make an so. argument that Superman is as well though but he just like it's, flick of the finger Superman isn't a trained fighter I'd say, you, I'd say he is no he's not is he? he's not no he just uses his strength which is well, what he's, he's able to punch for he's, he's smarter than Wolverine <laughs> He's, yeah, and so he just he's be smart like, and his morals are what makes Superman. I'm Superman, just gonna bend the adamantium in his body, and now maybe, he's permanently maybe we're just like a, that. You know, I just think it'd be an easy fight. You just flick him, wait for Wolverine to run back towards him, and then you'd flick him again, wait for him to run back towards him, flick him again. It just the tr- be that. The trouble with doing this it just, <laughs> just be that it sounds like a great film. <laughs> yeah, it would be that. The trouble is with with this, of course, is that super superhero characters in comics are so overpowered. Yeah, and. Like it's just like there's yeah. there's Superman. there are some characters in the DC and Marvel universe that uh, that that people go oh that's a really cool character but when you think yeah. about it it's just like you're just, just cheating like you're What's just his weakness like, yeah it's like Darkseid for example is a character that is a literal god a literal god who can just manifest versions of himself at will so he never actually has to leave his fortress because yeah. he can just. I'm now on Earth, and he can just and he has like no limit to how he can do that. It's yeah. like, yeah. Thanos has limits. He needs gems first. He needs his little space rocks. Yeah. He um. Uh, he needs the gauntlet, but then Thanos with the gauntlet is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> but I guess that's what I'm trying to make out. It's like, the heroes of Marvel have to work hard to get to their level whereas DC characters are already at that level if that makes sense I don't know whether that's true I think it just depends on the perspective and depends on the right yeah because you could say oh you could say because you could like let's do the classic hero that everybody goes to with Marvel Spider-Man yep. it's the most relatable superhero character ever yeah Spider-Man he's a, he's a teenage kid or he's a kid mm. young adult that doesn't doesn't know how to fight and stuff okay you can have him get bitten by a spider and discover he has these abilities and then go and try and do good and kind of be clumsy and fail at it because he's Peter Parker and he's kind of all of that already outside of the Spider-Man suit. But also you can have him that, well, if he can lift the mass of a spider can lift and they can lift like, what, 
10 times their body weight. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So he's a human-sized spider that can lift 10 times his body weight, which means he can like lift... A few tons. A, few, a couple of tons. <laughs> so it's like, well, then he doesn't really earn that, does he? Because he can do that straight away. It's like Superman's super strength. It's just mm. uh, it's just an innate thing you have. Yeah, yeah. So it depends on what angle you approach it at. Yeah. And at the, at the same, same point, you can go, oh, well, you know, Wonder Woman's, you know, got superpowers and she's super tough and stuff. But we see her in the adaptation that we see her in the movie, training. Because she has to learn how to fight and stuff. So it's like... The only one who breaks the mould in DC that doesn't have an alternative is Batman. Batman, yeah. But that's because he's just a guy. (laughs) He's a very smart dude. Um, Yeah. So that's... What were we talking about? Like, Peacemaker? Um, I think. Blade is still a thing, coming from Marvel. Yeah, with Mahershala Ali. That's that's happening. Good. Um, I'm going to keep that article because I haven't read it yet, but we'll we'll, um, we'll come back to it at a later date or something. Stuff. I've got a couple more bits. Yeah, I got uh, one more. Jensen Ackles. Uh, yes, he's in he's the playing boys. Soldier Boy. Did we talk about this? Soldier Boy uh, in season three. Now there's just a thing here that's, that is just reinstating the fact that he's going to be apparently the front and center character in okay. season three of the boys. So he's kind of the sole. That's what would be the sole focus of the first two seasons. It's kind of um, is the kid, isn't it? Uh, Huey. Huey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, like the main dude, and then it turns to butcher. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it turns to slash butcher. Um, but like, Trace uh, Jones is going to be the main oh focus of, okay. of season three of the boys. Um, That's right. Which is good. Boys is a funny TV show. It's good. I like that. It's good stuff. Um, I got some news about Dune. Was it Dune, Dune or June? Oh, every time we mention this, honestly. <laughs> again, well, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, it's June. It I'm, is June. I'm, I'm saying that again from another podcast that I listen to. They say that joke all the time. I apologise. <laughs> or was um, it Dunk? Because that's the title. It looks like Anyway. Um, <laughs> part two yes. is going to focus on Zandaya's character as the main character okay. of the film. I originally, when I heard this, thought that it was literally just going to be a sequel to the first one. That was just going to be a continuation of the story. Mm. But it sounds like it's actually going to switch perspectives and tell it from the perspective of Zandaya's character. Oh. Um, it's going to be a new story. It's not going to be the same movie, just reshot. But it's going to be... But, no, yeah, I got what you mean. It's, but she, she is... Her character is the focus of the second movie, and so she will switch places with Timothy Chalamet as the main character. Nice. Which is pretty interesting. Do you know much about Dune? Uh, I know a little bit. Yes, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that's sort of on my on my list of things that I need to read because it's proper classic sci-fi, isn't yeah. it? Um, classic sci-fi fantasy novel, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty heavy reading as well. Mm. Um, it's definitely well, on my extended reading list of something to check out in the future. I've heard it is uh, very very good. Yeah. So um, apparently some say it's unadaptable. Adaptable, that word. Yeah. I've got it right the first time. Oh, good. Adaptable. Yeah. Okay. I I'm a genius. Well, I don't know because I haven't read it yet, but um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think a lot of. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think a lot of those comments came after the 80s adaptation came out. I remember an 80s adaptation. And it was kind of a messy movie, and it it kind of tried to focus on the wrong things. And there was, like, people had... I'm just going off of things I've heard in videos, but people apparently had issues with the fact that there was a lot of world-building and needless stuff that was kind of explaining things that was like... yeah. 
you need in the book, yeah, but you don't necessarily need it in a film. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't normally go well. Which is interesting. That's an interesting discussion we're going to have in a minute about the Hobbit book and film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, you got one last bit of news about that came out today, didn't it? The Eternals trailer. Yeah. Uh, the final trailer. The final trailer. We get more of a look at the villain of the film and the reason in a why they're a thing. Of why they that why they've thing. not been around yeah. to help the Avengers because they weren't in the minds of the Marvel CEOs yet. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, they, they make they make a pretty good excuse to be honest. It's like a typical comic booky excuse of like, oh my god, there's this new character that we've just invented. Fuck, we have to make an excuse why they haven't been in previous comics before because uh, they were busy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's cool. It. That's good done. done. Yeah. Good Next. on them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's got a little bit more of a um, focus on the villains being the deviants and the reasons why the Eternals are. I think they were in the comics. They're created by the Celestials, which is who we get a look at. Yeah, so the Celestials the are like the gods, gods of the Marvel universe, aren't they? Um, we we they, have um, they each of them is represented by an Infinity Stone. Uh, no, no, they're just their own thing. They are. They 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 like tried to control the power of the Infinity Stones before the Celestials. Oh okay. Um, I thought each one was representative of one because they're all different colors. Maybe I don't think. I, feel like that's I a, wouldn't think. I feel like that's I, a I, thing. Because we see we see a Celestial in a flashback, don't we, with the Power Stone? Power Stone, yeah. Smash and wipe destroy out a load of people. Planet, yeah. Um, but we get a look at them. They look really cool. Um, look at one of them, I think. We get to look yeah. at two. Do we? Oh fuck! I didn't see. There's, the there's two in the trailer. Yeah. Shit, sweet. Everybody freezes on the first one, but there's yeah. another one in the trailer. Um, um, what is this? Let me think. There's been four so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've had Ego, the Living Planet, which is played by Kurt Russell. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably just that batshit and crazy for Ed. <laughs> he plays a literal I planet. I've got no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I'm gonna get does a Ego, does that. Ego, the Living Planet, look like the other? Because all the Celestials look similar, don't they? Because they're all like. Well, um, well, there you go, Ed. I've got a poster up there. They're the ones in the top left that are kind of blue, shaded out by the sky. Oh, yeah. them. The big people. Not the guy that looks like a moon in the. And that's ego. Right. That's ego. That's ego. The living planet. Oh, that's exactly what I'd imagine a living planet would look like. Yeah. Um, but it's probably so, yeah. very a face on a planet. Yeah. That, no one can see that. That's it's like really... the sun in Teletubbies. <laughs> that's <laughs> not on the Mac here, but like that is ego, the living planet in the film. Kurt Russell, ego. He's a literal planet. Okay. Yeah. Well. But like to make thing. to make the character it also made by James Gunn, so he's made a starfish as a villain and now a planet. He, like, a planet he likes a... he likes some properly uh, yeah properly big villains. Doesn't a little he? bit out there with the uh, the choice mm. of an- Just antagonistic t- force. No, yeah. I quite like that though. That's but to to make it a little bit more relatable as a villain, he like the ego of the living planet is able to make a literal person put his consciousness into the person and walk around. Uh, well, that's convenient. Yeah, right. that is convenient. He's the one right at the back, Galactus. Uh, in the middle yeah it's got the it looks like it's got a kettle for it. he's got a kettle head <laughs> yes but I don't he's Galactus a, I don't think he's a celestial oh fact check it Galactus this is, this is some deep Marvel lore I'm... I he might be so anyway the he's, celest- not, he's not a celestial he's not a celestial no. okay, so but he is not, a, he's a he, Galactus is a character that goes around and eats planets He's so, very hungry. Well, that's, yeah. if there was somebody that went around eating planets, I'd think that they would all be called Galactus. Galactus, yeah. Galactus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's kind, um, it's kind of predictable, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yeah. predictable. Um, he's kind of like the... Uh, he's the Marvel version of Unicron from Transformers. Yes. Yes. 
He's a planet-sized thing that goes around crushing planets. Nom, nom, nom. There is a kind of thing here, though, isn't there, where everything just has to get bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. bigger. Well, there's a character literally called Eternity in Marvel, and he is the everywhere <laughs> he is the entire universe okay. and he's called and he's called eternity yeah. it's like the um what do they call them the the how do you get bigger than that the, uh, i don't know the name because i don't know dragon ball z enough but there's a like there's a oh, dragon God. isn't there that is literally the cosmos is actually a dragon that is like a celestial that's the being. levels to this it's like yeah. they did a they did a um do you ever get bored and watch those? Um, what Dragon Ball Z? No. Do you ever get bored and watch those size comparison videos <laughs> on YouTube? Yes, I do. Uh, there's one with dragons, fantasy dragons, and like they go through the list, and it's just like, it's just like this thing that's the size of the universe, and it's literally just a dragon that is somehow balancing itself in between all of the galaxies, so not to disturb them. And it's like. It's so oh. funny because it's like one wing beat would just like destroy everything. <laughs> that's, that's what you call the butterfly effect, but it's not. It's the fucking dragonfly effect. Or um, it's just uh, that's yeah. But no, you're right. It's the whole thing in is like everything has to be bigger. That's that's nice when I always find it nice when you you get a villain that comes along that's incredibly powerful but subverts that and is just kind of like I oh a bit like um, spoilers for Loki and what is coming up in the Marvel universe to. Next is Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror, yeah. He's he's just a dude, but he is like the master of time. He's a time dictator. Um, so he goes around time. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go back in time and change that so that doesn't happen because I control. I have this device that I can go back in time and do this. Mm. He's and a really interesting character. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I kind really of like, like there's. He's like um, he's a guy. He's just a guy yeah. who is an ordinary person from a planet that discovers that well, he's from are, Earth. Oh, he's from. Yeah, he's like yeah. human. He, human. He, he's okay. he's um. I know he's a descendant human. of Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's like super smart. So, so much Marvel lore today, Ed. I'm sorry. I know. Yes. I, I'm struggling to take it all in, but it's um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. fry our brains in a minute with some Tolkien stuff. Yes. Um, we'll get on to it in just a second. Oh, that's my revenge. <laughs> no, this is good. I love this. But like, yeah, it's he's a he basically discovers that there's a multiverse. And he discovers that there are many versions of himself, all of which are not necessarily straight and narrow. And so there's a par- parallel universe where he is and I an think, evil piece of shit, not I, a kind dude. Yeah, I think like so. Basically, something happens, and there's like a multi-universe war where yeah. where people discover that there are multiple universes, and they're like, "Well, if we're running out of resources and things here, let's just." Or he's trying to dictate it this. From over there, he's, trying to, he's trying to dictate you know, this timeline as yeah. well. So it's like keeping your lane on. So he basically plays the long game and he becomes the master of time because he's the one who wins the multiversal war. And then he controls and keeps it on a straight path, essentially. Yeah. He stops a so, Which is a really cool character concept. It's it's yeah. it's actually really cool. Loki like is amazing as a and, TV show. Yeah, so like basically the whole setup for the next phase of Marvel is that we're going to see different versions of Kang appear where he's... Well, this is going to like explode into a different version of every single character we've seen so far. So let's have more Iron Man! Yeah! They're just going to do it, aren't they? It's just... Well, speaking of multi... Uh, multi... multi-dimensional time travel stuff, the second episode of What If came out yesterday, and that was the episode about... Um, T'Challa as Star-Lord like what if he was picked up by the Ravagers have you watched it yet? I've seen it and it's really good it's really good it's much better than the first episode first episode was like ah it's fine cool but 
the second episode was like really really good I really enjoyed it um, that's a little review on that one Chadwick well, Boseman's final performance he's going to be in, he's going to be in four episodes so this is the first oh. uh, the first of the last few of his last performance um, yeah speaking of dragons shall we talk about The Hobbit <laughs> tell you we're professionals here yeah, um, <laughs> that, was, that was I like that um, yeah so we watched um, well we wanted to we wanted to talk about The Hobbit eventually um, we wanted to get on we've been meaning to get on some talking stuff for you mentioned mm. for a few podcasts weeks and weeks and weeks ago that there was this one cut that some fan had done by cutting out all of the bullshit yeah, I'd, I'd done my usual thing where I stumbled across a YouTube video um, by this guy called... Um, I something. just looked up his name. Cardinal something. Cardinal... Hutt. Cardinal West. West, that was Cardinal, Cardinal West, West, yes. This is his YouTube channel. Um, and he is obviously a, a fan of the series and things, and he, like many other people have, made cuts of The Hobbit, made a fan cut trying to fix what he felt was wrong with The Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, uh, and that means condensing it into a single movie. I apologise if you can hear an ambulance outside or a police car. How disrespectful! We're doing a podcast. <laughs> Fuck's sake! How dare people die on my watch? No, it's fine. Wow. <laughs> but your watch? Oh, my watch. Yes. Uh, not doing a very good job, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, continue on. But anyway. Um, you made a cut. He made a cut, and I, I was intrigued by the video he made where he explains, he runs through, explains what he changed with the three movies when he was condensing it. Yeah. And how he basically tried to make it as much like the book as he could, or the structure of the book as yeah. he could, and the kind of the, the, how the plot unfolds as the, uh, within the book. Um, so I suggested that we watch it, watch it for the yeah. podcast so the, and see what changes are like and what the experience yeah. of watching it is. So yeah. it's instead of it being three films, it's one giant four-hour film, which is yeah, it's just like watching the extended it's edition. It's just like of watching the Fellowship of the Ring, or yeah. extended <laughs> edition of Return of the King. Or something. Exactly. Exactly. We've done it before. We've watched we watched a four-hour. Movie. We even did the Justice League. This is like, that was four like, hours. That yeah. was fucking four hours. So we we are well prepared for this. I didn't realise it was four hours, I thought it was like three. But um What did we think? What did we think of this this cut? Yeah, well I I had quite mixed feelings about it. I did I, as well. I, I, would I thought I'd really enjoy it and it's alright. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed watching it. It was it wasn't I, I I was glad that I watched it, which I suppose is kind of like different perspective and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it definitely it definitely had some issues and there was also yeah. sort of there, but there was there were some things that I liked about it as well. Yeah. yeah. What did you think, Will? I thought it was it was it was really the, 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 I think the word I used when I explained it to you is that it was a really jarring watch. Jarring is the yes. right word. Yeah. It was very um, and not just because of the obvious things like some of the cuts between scenes in this movie are very abrupt and obviously done by somebody who is an amateur filmmaker rather than a professional. Well, um, it it I wouldn't Describe. I wouldn't know it's necessarily it, that it's, it's not just, necessarily amateur but it's like it, you, you edit what you can yes yeah. you haven't got like a massive studio that you could just like seamlessly yeah because when I went into this film I was expecting not like Hollywood blockbuster-esque sort of edits I was expecting uh, kind of a jarring edit here jarring edit there but there was I'd say right I'll, I'll say maybe the first two thirds of this film I was like you know what this is alright it's pretty good pretty decent 
the last bit, so the Battle of Five Armies movie, that was bad. That was <laughs> for me, like that. for me, straight up bad. That was like really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, um, it was very. Um... It, that that was the case in which there was literally like, okay, so we're here. Wait, what the fuck? Wait, why we're here now? Oh, you're dead. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're it's done. Like, Fine. <laughs> the best way I can describe it, it's like watching a highlights of Bilbo's journey in the Hobbit movies. Yes. That's yeah. effectively what this is. Right. Without any of the extra contextual yeah. stuff to go with it. And yeah. that was one of the things that I quite liked about it was that focus on Bilbo because yeah. Bilbo is such a, a is one of the best parts yes. of the Hobbit films. Yeah. And like the focus on his journey was kind of quite nice, but it was very incoherent overall yeah really I was actually thinking that after watching the film this morning I was like the Hobbit trilogy is a coherent mess but this cut is an incoherent mess (laughs) maybe yeah yeah. you're right Um, like I said like the the first like I was saying the the unexpected journey and desolation of Smaug movie parts of this one cut I was like you know this is fine this is alright. I don't mind the stuff that they've taken out. But then, yeah, like I say, when it got to the final third, I was like, there's some stuff that you've cut out that I would have kept in. But also, it, it's... Yeah, yeah. I think that probably sort of signifies then, how kind of useless the third film is. Yeah, as this, a whole. It's, it's, it's definitely... Because if you, look, if you look at the third film, The Battle of the Five Armies... Like the clue is in the name. It is the Battle of the Five Armies. It's basically just a giant fight. Almost the entire film is that is that battle. Yeah. And they, I saw on the on the notes that he made about it. He cut ninety five percent of it. Yeah, that feels like it. So it, it is all gone basically. Yeah. And because he also cut out everything to do with um, Sauron in Dol Guldur. Yeah. And Gandalf and Saruman and Galadriel. That left very little left, really. Yeah. So the end of the film just felt like a, it felt like it happened in about five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was a very abrupt ending in a way. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, this is an interesting question I want to ask you because I, I once upon a time I started The Hobbit. Yes. Um, you didn't finish I, it. I never finished it. <laughs> <laughs> is, it is this the book or the film? The book. The book. The book. book. I, I do have it at home. I keep meaning to read it again. I will read it again one day. Mm. Um, all the way through that is. But how this is going to be spoilerific. Spoilers if you haven't seen The Hobbit or read read it. Because this is the nature of the question. Um, Is how does The Hobbit end as a book with Bilbo's journey? Because it kind of feels like there's not really like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was left out or something. Mm. But it doesn't feel like there's a big climax like, for example, Frodo and Sam's story in Lord of the Rings where they know they have to get to Mount Doom to throw the ring in. So there is a climax to the the drama of the story, and obviously yeah. Gollum comes along and yeah. interrupts it and things, or you know the battle of Minas Tirith and things, and the the army of the dead. In in the Hobbit, it feels like there's a there's a climax for the dwarves defending their home and getting rid of Smaug and stuff. Mm. But for Bilbo, there's not that kind of an end to the journey. It's kind of like you know he's there to be the burglar, but at the end of the day, he's just going to go home after this. He's done his job after Smaug has defeated. Um, that's it. Well, I think resolving the conflict with the Battle of the Five Armies, um, that's that's sort of the climax of the film. Yeah. For everybody. Um, 
he goes home and that's it really like <laughs> they're auctioning the stuff out of his house and yeah. that's the end of the film it's I suppose it's the end of the story yeah I suppose what I'm saying is that this cut of the movie if it's kind of tracing where the book's going as you said it's very abrupt yeah. it's like Bilbo is kind of campaigning to not let a fight happen and then he gets knocked out and then like he wakes up and oh yeah now it's over and it's over but yeah. that, and everybody's dead and that, that jumped out of me because that's what happened to Bilbo in the books he, he's, he gets knocked out halfway through the battle and then he wakes up he and, wakes up and we don't see what happens in the meantime yeah. Which is why it it does that doesn't work very well on film. No, and that is kind of the problem that it had here. Like, if you just if you just do what the book did, um, as much as I love those, as much as I love that book, it doesn't work on film. No, it's um, we could say it's unadaptable. <laughs> I don't think it's under. I don't. Think it's un, I don't think it's unadaptable. I just. I just think you're that, trying to force a theme into. This is this one. is this Hobbit or Hobbite? <laughs> My Gina G. I should stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go, <we>? Please stop. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we go through the things that we did like and then didn't like, or should we just continue yeah. on how we are? I don't know. <laughs> no, because I, I think there are there are some. Because to be to be to be fair to this like this yeah. part, there was a lot that I that I liked about it. Mm. Like, what did you like it? I like I like the focus on Bilbo. Yeah. They kept in all the best parts of that and just having. A greater proportion of the film be about that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it was kind of very. It, it didn't. They, they 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 because they cut out all of, they cut out a lot of the bits that everybody doesn't like about the Hobbit. Yeah, and it's just much easier to watch it when you're not getting into um, a lot of that fluff they that they put in. Yeah. Um, like, there was a lot of fluff. There, there was. There was. Yeah. There was so much that was just unnecessary, um, and you really got the sense that they were kind of very rushed with it. So they ended up just shoving in a whole load of stuff that didn't need to be in there. Yeah. Um, and it was nice not to have to watch that. Um, and I think that's that's what I liked about it. I would yeah. say that's it's quite quite fast paced as yeah. well because I think we mentioned it last week or a couple of weeks ago that you watched Doctor Strange and you kind of were like oh fuck he's like a magician already like 15-20 minutes in he's already had like his accent and he's like oh the ball's running instantly and you kind of wanted it to be a bit more spread out but it works better with this sort of film that we're like shit dwarfs are here now we're on an adventure like, inst- like 20 minutes in to mm. the film that we're already on the road and we're already like yeah. on that journey that they are well they cut out the prologue at the start so at the start of the, the yeah. original, there is that prologue about explaining um, what the Lonely Mountain is and explaining about how the dragon Tap attacked. Smile and yeah, and that was all gone, um, which means the story gets off the mark faster. Yeah, it also means that you don't have some context that would probably be good. Yeah, um, I didn't. I actually liked that original sequence at the start of the movie. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Even though I, I guess it's a wider debate in a lot of films of like whether it's good to have. Epilogue, uh, not a prologue. Prologue, sorry. yeah, and kind of an exp- and especially an exposition prologue in mm. films. Um, but I think there's occasions where it works. Lord of the Rings, yeah, an example of incredible. One. <laughs> um, and I think the Hobbit one works as well. Yeah, because I think it is genuinely interesting. It's it's kind of mixed between action and stuff. You you introduce the characters through the exposition, um, and it establishes the story straight away. 
yeah. and then it, it helps you to inform what's happening later down the line with the dwarves um, yeah. easier than it would be to kind of go you still you still pick it up in the, in this cut you know mm. when we launch straight in you still pick up that their home was taken and things yeah and, um, but having seen it happen it kind of reinforces a it, lot of that it's, it's as much as I'll, I'll sort of try and, I'll try and play devil's advocate a bit because like, like I say I did enjoy it as well the, the opening prologue in the, yes. the original film but let's just say oh you want to make the film but you want to have it from Bilbo's eyes so if you're going to have like a sequence that is like oh well there's the dragon there's Lonely Mountain it was taken and then when you have that story retold to you again in the same film you're like yeah I know I've already been told this why are you telling me this again so mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's why they took that first bit out yeah it's because like you oh, say agree, yeah. th- there's there's a lot of moments in this film where you are in Bilbo's shoes and you're kind of like oh god I don't know that that's why I'm on this journey and it's sort of it, it's the story of how sh- sort of shit Bilbo is tret throughout uh, or treated uh, throughout this entire film because you're kind of like why don't you just tell Bilbo straight up like why does Gandalf just launch dwarves in his face and is like oh yeah by the way you're the burglar come with us come on let's go or yeah. why don't why doing that. yeah I know he loves doing that I know it's probably his character but there's also moments where you're like come on just give Bilbo a bit of information guys come on there's stuff that he kind of needs to know before he goes in this this would probably be a big help um and yeah. it's not until like you get to those moments where Bilbo's like or ask the question or it's told to us and then you know it, it's told to us throughout the his journey like we're in his shoes like I say um which I didn't mind as much so yeah I don't think it, I think it I think doing it like that worked yeah I, I think I could I could be persuaded either way with keeping that keeping that prologue in mm. um but I think I I really really appreciated not having to sit through some of the longer yeah parts that just some, some of the worst worst of aspects like the the classic example is the Keeley Tauriel <laughs> Legolas it's, love triangle it's not even in the book is it well it's not even no. mentioned anywhere no. not even just in like the Hobbit it's not even There's, mentioned anywhere. I mean Tauriel is a, a made up character for the film wow okay um, Legolas exists but he's not in the Hobbit yeah um, and Feely is well he's one of the dwarves and he, he the only thing the only thing that we know about him is that he's like Thorin's nephew and he's quite young. Yeah. So they just thought that guy can be the one in the love. He can triangle. be the ham- handsome one of the bunch yeah. who doesn't why? actually look like a dwarf. I think it's, no. there's, there's a couple of things that I want to say about that also. It's like, why are there some normal looking human dwarves? Why aren't all of them like. I don't want to sound racist to dwarves or anything but <laughs> but you're gonna sound but racist i'm gonna to sound racist unfortunately i don't mean to sound like this but like when you think of dwarves you think of like oh, i'm trying to think of like the other gimli yeah, the other dwarves you think of gimli and like how they look and stuff so why is it like you're handsome why <laughs> you're not meant to i swear yeah, dwarves you, aren't meant to look, be look you, as handsome you look like you a, look a like human they handsome. ran out of facial hair prosthetics for you yeah that's, so that's they, i guess that's they what just, I mean. they were like oh, just give him elvish cool. hair and even thorin to an extent is quite yeah normal looking i guess he's not too dwarvish i know he's just always oh, he's kind of he's kind of like small theme reason why he he, he like he he is because he's I might just be completely making this up. Please correct me if I'm wrong. 
But isn't he because he's a royal dwarf of the Durian line? He's slightly taller or whatever. They're like like differently built to other dwarves. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think there's any. Mm. I mean, you might be thinking of Numenorians, um, who are humans that are different to other humans and are taller and live longer. Um, so I don't think there's an actual explanation for that. But I think that ultimately they wanted to have these these dwarves, and they couldn't bring themselves just to make them all look the like, same well, not look the like same, Gimli yeah. or like older dwarves so they, they wanted to have they want to have good looking people in the film <laughs> that's just the end of it like so they end up not really looking very dwarf dwarven. yeah um, but I mean I can't I can't blame them that much I mean there is a, there's a fundamental problem with, with the dwarves in the original film which is that 13 is quite an awkward number because yeah. it is it is um it's a, a, a number where if they were all just basically extras, you'd think that was weird because you kind of get to know them a little bit and you see them a lot and, you know, you can't have them as background characters. But there's kind of too many to give them proper characters as well. Yeah. yeah it, it, so just, there's, there's too much story to tell with each of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's, there's not enough time to give them proper characters and proper stories individually. So they end up being kind of... They they don't and they don't. unlike the fellowship, which split up at the end of the first book. Yeah. So they're, it's easier to tell their stories because they're in three groups mm. rather than one collective group, and then you have to tell individual character stories because you can tie the character stories into three different plots. Mm. The dwarves never split up no, at no. any point. They're always they're, together, they're so always their journey there. is the same. So you have to then, as you said, you have to then okay the development then has to come from personal but you don't have enough time to write about you don't and because you don't have enough time to write individual stories you're like oh well we need to make this one stand out from the rest so this one could be quirky in this way this one could be like really fat so you could be like oh he eats like four cheese rolls and then this guy is is old it's because he's got white hair so you can tell him apart from the other dude yeah and then this guy has got an irish accent so so he's different so you recognize him so i guess they're doing it that way (laughs) Which yeah. seems a bit. I mean, I weird. Mean, it kind of, it kind of, because in in the original book, um, the dwarves are basically like that. There's like, there's Thorin, who you know a little bit of. Um, you know that Philly and Kelly are younger. Bomber's yeah. fat. That's that's his character. <laughs> and Bar- oh Barlin is old. Yeah. And the others are just kind of. Do we have a favorite and least favorite of like the characters? I say I'll say characters, but I also I'll probably say. Oh, I'd, would it be right in saying like the three of us agree that Bilbo is the best character out of this film? Like Martin Freeman's performance as Bilbo, and he's the most interesting. He's, he's the heart of the film. Yeah, is the reason why. Yeah. You, it's it's one of the things that really redeemed the Hobbit was yeah. was um, Bilbo and his relationship with the other dwarves. Um, you care about him, and that's sort of what keeps you keeps you with it. Yeah. Um, as much as like I would. I could criticise a lot of what Peter Jackson did with these films. At the, at sort of at the heart of it is that he does know how to he does know how to make you care about a character and doing that kind of. It's one of the which yeah. it's one of the things that still makes the original Hobbit trilogy bearable to watch is mm. that you it's Martin Freeman. you get that whole arc of Bilbo, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole and thing. And he's just very likable. And he's very, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know and and his performance is good because it's not. An impression of Ian Holm, but it's clo- it's close enough that you're like you. Yes, you are a younger Bilbo, mm. 
I, it, yeah. I can see where you end up mm, and exactly. so that makes it nice because it then it's easier for us to then go back and watch the the Lord of the Rings and be like yeah it feels authentic that that Bilbo that we've seen even though it was done before has lived that journey we've just seen yeah so it's you know and to be fair a lot of a lot of the a lot of the dwarves are I think there's some good performances in there they're not yes. they're not given much and they're not given enough time which kind of blows my mind a bit considering how long the Hobbit films were originally <laughs> Fuck yeah they couldn't find the time the to flesh these characters out properly but yeah anyway. um I think the relationship between Bilbo and the dwarves is like the heart of the film and it's done pretty well yeah um, and Gandalf as well obviously yeah um, I'd say Ian McKellen I should think thinking of speaking of Ian McKellen as Gandalf this uh, would, I think even though you, we say that this cut is like really abrupt and like edited quite like oh shit that's a clear edit there Gandalf's story still makes sense uh, He he doesn't well, I, I quite liked that you know oh I need to go okay bye and now he's back okay yeah fine that's just what you do yeah that, that makes sense I don't need to know where he's gone I don't need to know what the fuck he's doing I, I, it's yeah it's part of the cut content and stuff isn't yeah. it yeah that was in the originals but they obviously they leave Rivendell they head through the thing they see the storm giants duke it out which that was the, yeah. the cliff giants or whatever um, and then they get captured by the goblins yeah. through their very elaborate trapdoor. <laughs> mm. <Yeah. laughs> um, and Gandalf isn't with them for the whole of that period. Yeah. Where does he go? It, I can't remember from the originals. He goes to see Galadriel or something. He basically, they have a meeting of the White Council in Rivendell, which is yeah. why he kind of stays behind. Which stays behind I'm kind of like, yeah, you can cut that out. I don't. And then he Care somehow manages to find that they are in the, the goblin, goblin place. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Show up in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that he just doesn't necessarily need to be with the hobbits all the time. That was, it's, yeah. it's perfectly that was, that was said the only, to me. That was the only bit that didn't make much sense to me. Is That, yeah. that passage... When he goes away later in the film, that's fine. Like, it, yeah. make, it still makes sense. It's fine. And then he shows up at the end for the battle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've been away. I'm... A bit beaten up. I've been dealing with wider world things, but I'm back now. Mm. That was fine. But there was that cut with the goblins that was a bit weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're no not way, here anymore. Because yeah. obviously the, the White Council stuff is just cut, so it's it goes from, um, it goes from Lord Elrond going, you're not the only guardian that watches over Middle yeah. Earth, to the dwarves leaving. Oh yeah, and, and then and getting captured, us, yeah. and then he just appears again, and it's, it's just, like yeah. There isn't, there isn't like a oh I must stay behind line. Which, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's no explanation for why that happens. Also, they did un- cut out Christopher Lee, which. Yeah, this is why I'm a bit sort of. I I love the fact that he was in the Hobbit, and I love obviously Kate um, Blanchett and stuff. But it's that argument of you don't need the storyline, but I do love you guys, so I don't want to see you guys gone. I know. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, this, uh, this is an interesting thing because we had a little conversation about this the other day but like a lot of the stuff that is cut in this cardinal cut of the, the Hobbit stuff that isn't in the book the extra exposition stuff like the necromancer and the white council and things mm. it's interesting stuff yeah and the scenes themselves aren't necessarily bad yeah. they're really well acted they're well written but they're mostly just talking about exposition and I think that's they're, the that it, might be the issue with it I tell you what it is it's 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 the Iron Man 2 of the Hobbit films. It's like, oh, well, we got to have... Well, 
you know, we'll, we'll get onto this conversation. It's Warner Brothers trying to make The Hobbit what The Lord of the Rings was. And it's yeah. like, it's not the same story. The same like, story. And also, The Hobbit was not written to be, well, it, it was written first. So if you're going to make a film which is effectively The Hobbit, you shouldn't write it as a prequel to Lord of the Rings. No. If you're going to make a prequel to the Lord of the Rings, I'm pretty sure that is what the Silmarillion is. Even though, yeah, again, the Silmarillion is first, but that has more tie-ins and connections into about, um, what happens to Sauron, Sauron and, and stuff things, like that. Yeah. So, you know, the Hobbit, I want to focus on fucking Bilbo and the dwarves in the mountains. I don't want to know what happens with, the, you know. I guess I really like that you still had Gollum and Bilbo having their little interactions and the One Ring, but other than that, I don't need any more. Like, yeah, you can have make a Hobbit film where, you know, the main story is the Lonely Mountain and Smaug and stuff like that. But and then maybe like a little cameo sort of thing. Oh, there's the wrong ring. I'll but take actually, that. and the, that's it. The scene with Riddles in the Dark, the scene with Gollum yeah. and Bilbo, is a, a part of the original book. Yeah, that's and what it I is mean. a very important part of the original book. Um, but when it was written, yeah. the, the ring wasn't. It was just. Anything. It was just a magic ring. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, wrong ring. It wasn't That's the wrong cool. Ring. Sauron didn't exist in his mind yet. It was. It was just a plot device, basically, so that Bilbo could go invisible and talk with Smaug. That's pretty mountain. cool. No. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that. It, it's, it's difficult because we can't go back to that time when the Lord of the Rings doesn't exist. It's yeah. We can't do that. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess what I mean is, write it as if it is that. Like yeah. I guess for someone that is watching The Hobbit for the first time ever and never even heard of The Lord of the Rings, for s if you are that sort of person that's never heard of The Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. um, just seeing him pick up a ring, not take any notice, like there's no like ominous music of like, oh my god, what is this ring? It's just a ring. Cool. Makes me go invisible. Sweet. There we go. Amazing. I think there's, I think there's two things that curse prequels these days. Yeah. One of them is that a prequel always has the inherent problem of that you know how the story turns out, in a way. Yeah. So it's... Wait, no, what am I trying to say? That's not what I wanted to say, but I said it anyway. Mm. Um, it's... The, the trouble is with the prequel is that you always... You can't, as you said, you can't erase what's come before. Yeah. So you know, you know there's an expectation in your mind of how something is meant to be. Um, even if the story that you're going to try and tell is quite separate from that and it's kind of like a loose prequel it's kind of just a as the Hobbit is it's a story set in the same world that just happens to take place prior to those events of the Lord of the Rings yeah. um, but it's mixed in also with the get your bingo sheets out people who are listening uh, because we've got another one ticked off here <laughs> which is our ramblings lately about franchises yeah and the fact that everything has to be a franchise now in film. Yeah. You can't just have a standalone story. And that's the curse of the, the Hobbit trilogy in a way, isn't it? Is that yeah. it, they did go into this and they were like, okay, well, you know, it is about Bilbo and it's a singular story, but we, we need to make it. We have to connect we, it. We have to so. tie it in. We have to add in more things because people will expect it to be a sweeping story with lots of lore yeah, in it and the, stuff. The word I wrote was epic. It was like, it, yeah. it really wants to be epic. Yeah. And The the Hobbit is not, it's, it's not... It's kind of epic. It's not very it's well suited to that kind of thing. It's yeah. a very different thing to, Lord, to the Lord of the Rings. But it's desperately trying to... I think it's because 
they I think they they thought that that was what audiences wanted. Yeah. Um, they they wanted a second Lord of the Rings, but that mm. that isn't what the Hobbit is. And I I uh, watched like a three part um, series on YouTube about this uh, female YouTuber that wrote uh, or like made all about like the makings of the Hobbit and why it ultimately failed and or succeeded or however, however you like to think of it. And yeah, I don't think it was even until the second film when they decided it was going to be a trilogy. Yeah, and that's which... that's one of the that's one of the big things is that like in my opinion, it really should have been two at two most. films at yeah, most. Yeah, really, and not necessarily even that long films. No, making it three was was silly. There's clearly a bad idea. Yeah, and there's like this whole this this whole debate about whose decision that was really and whether the studio. Them I would it say it's studio because Warner Brothers, isn't it? But Peter Jackson, I think, has insisted that it was his decision, and I'm like, mm, I don't like to believe that. <laughs> I really don't. I I don't want to believe that, but maybe it is no, true. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, it is. Maybe he's coming from the angle of like I'm just vacillating here through yeah potential theories, but maybe he just maybe he didn't set anything because he was like, well, I have an idea in mind for what I want to tell with the Hobbit material, but. I don't know how long it's going to be, so hold out and see what happens. So I'll make the first yeah. one. We'll, we'll make a cut, and well, then we'll make the. But this then is, we'll continue making it. And, and then he got to a point where he was like, "Okay, I'm going to need a three film to complete with what." But I this, this is what happened with a bit of the kind of chaos about the making of these films was that he was brought in very late in the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he couldn't plan out his own thing. We we, we spoke about last week or the week before about Guillermo del Toro being the one to make the Hobbit films. Mm. Um, it was when we I did our cancelled movies or yeah. changed, yeah. Um, and God, as much as we'd love to see what that would have turned out to be, I don't know what caused him to not be part of it anymore. I can't really remember, but it was I don't maybe know. differing opinions. Maybe he wanted to make it like quite darker just completely different sort of tone and setting compared I to I think Lord it of the was Rings. probably I think you've hit the nail yeah. it was probably the studio wanted a vision that was closer to Lord of the Rings and, and he, he was like no and he was like I'm going to tell the story and I'm going to link it in a little bit but I'm going to yeah. tell it in my own theme and style and they were like ah but, no but no but we want it to look like Lord, but of, the Lord of the Rings was successful it won us like 15 Oscars we want that again we yeah yeah um well, and that's it, isn't it? Because money talks, and yeah. money's the motivator behind it, ultimately. I think because it was so far down the line, and the amount of money that they'd spent already on pre-production with Guillermo del Toro in charge, for them just to be like, well, we can't scrap this. Peter Jackson, you, you did the first top Lord of the Rings film, so can you come back and just carry on? And, yeah, like you say, we, we, he doesn't have enough time to write a three-film trilogy, well, a, a trilogy of The Hobbit, yeah. and... They're already on such a small time period because they've spent so much money. You can't spend any more. Um, but that, that was why the Battle of the Five Armies was such a mess. It yeah. was because it's just filler. It's just yeah. It's just, just a big they battle. shot lots of fighting yeah. and then put that in the film. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just turns out just very, very boring, really. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to say about that. But... Um... Yeah, so what are, the, what are the good bits can we think of? We're not trying to shit on this edit. It's it's weird. No, absolutely yeah, it, it's, it's a fan edit of something that is already made it. material. It was, yeah. like, it, was like, it was like highlights of The Hobbit. Yeah. Highlights of The Hobbit, yeah. Which is fine. Supercuts. It's, it's, not, it's not quite a film. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a supercut. Yeah. It's, 
I, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's interesting. It's like because it's th- this cut tries to make it as much like the book as you can. But one of the things that I did come out of this movie with, and I know that you did, Ed, mm. is that like you when telling the Hobbit on the screen, you need it to be a two-parter. You need a little bit more than the yeah. book gives you because you need to tell it in a movie kind of way rather than a book kind of way. It, it needs adapting. Yeah. You can't yeah. just you can't just it doesn't work as I you yeah, you can add things into films uh, to like flesh out little characters like we were mentioning with the dwarves. Like you can have like segments where we're talking more about them. Like I think one of my favourite dwarves was um Balin, wasn't he? Yeah, the, the, the old, the the old, old dwarf, guy. I, he was probably my favourite dwarf out of the lot of them. Yeah, um, because it's, I really loved the portrayal from it's the a well written character and yeah. the actor did a really good job and yeah so you can if you can tell that that, that works yeah um, and they, they kind of needed a bit more of that and a bit more of that heart that was there but it just got drowned out sometimes I think by things that studio heads thought people wanted like a big Gandalf arc like he has in the last mm. trilogy and things yeah yeah. whereas um, if they just focused on Bilbo but not just Bilbo if they focused on Bilbo and the company of dwarves and then had the world happening around them strengthen the relationships between the dwarves flesh out their characters a mm. bit more and I I would be happy with that I think yeah I mean I can I, there's the, we, there is there's so there's there's one thing that I wanted to mention which was yeah. um, Tariel um, because yeah. the Hobbit does the book doesn't have any female characters. <laughs> I mean, it's the, female representation has gone down the drain. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it was it was written in the thirties, and yeah. <laughs> uh, like in the fantasy world, there wasn't. There, I think they mentioned Belladonna too. So uh, Bilbo's mum is mentioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she doesn't even appear in it. Yeah. Um, so she's, so, like, so fe- she's dead. She's dead, isn't she? So, yeah, she's dead. So, so, so females. <laughs> so females do exist. They're just not allowed to be shown at all. We know they exist, (laughs) but um, so obviously they need to add some female characters in. Yeah. But what they did is they're like, okay, we'll have Galadriel. Fine, cool, sweet, fine. Um, We'll add Toriel in. But the first, what's the first thing they do with her? It's like shove her into this weird love triangle. Love triangle. It's so. I mean, oh god, it's it's like. It's for me that is the worst part of. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to talk about like, the patriarchy and fucking women in film and stuff. But it's clearly made by like a bunch of like execs making the decision. Like, oh fuck, what what do women like? Our oh, love and romance. Slap fucking Tario and love triangle and shit well, like that. It's just in. not. It's just not thinking about it very. It's not thinking deeply, of it from is a, it? It's just like love oh, triangle. We need to put her in the movie. We need something for her to do. Just well, give, we've her, got give her a Legolas's role. Yeah, pre- yeah. <laughs> but we can't do that because we need Legolas in this movie. Yeah. Kick, kick him out. Kick yeah. him out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so glad. That's another thing. Like again, it's probably is it the Battle of Firearm is when he's like fighting that one orc and then Legolas just defies the laws of yeah. physics and just like starts jumping up when the bridges collapse. Yeah. Like fine, I can deal with the fact that you're so light on your feet you don't sink into snow. Whatever. That's so subtle and like little bit of detail in Lord of the Rings, which I'm fine with. But literally. Mm. Running up a falling bridge. Okay, right. What are you, they took, they, <laughs> what are you doing? doing? What, what about conservation of momentum here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen? They, they took that a bit too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, is there any? I guess. Uh, is there any things that they cut out in the Cardinal Cut that you're kind of wishing that they kept in? Of this? Oh yes. 
I had one that I thought about straight away, which is in the first movie, uh, which is more of the scene where the... And this comes with the thing of cutting out the orcs completely from it. Yeah. Because they're not important. That's another... Yeah. Yeah. But with that, you cut kind of more of Thorin's story, which means that you cut the really cool bit about Bilbo running in to help him and save him. That was very weird, yeah. And that cut where they land after being taken away from the eagles... Yeah. from a danger that feels like it's still a danger but it's kind of a completely unexplained danger Yeah. because oh suddenly we're getting attacked by wargs great yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere that yeah, have, there's, there's no reason why there's been happening. no there's been no them following us because mm. all of that stuff is cut as well you know oh, there was, I think there's the scene where you see like them looking over towards the camp of dwarves I think that's it yeah. But there's no, there's none of that explanation of like as of the defiler or anything. So you don't get any context for why that pack of wargs and people are hunting them. They're just obviously stumbled across them in the wild off screen and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, are being chased by them. And it kind of, kind of makes everything that happens on the edge of the cliff with the trees, kind of weird in a sense because it's like, oh, this is kind of just a pointless action sequence now I... because I have no context for this apart from they're getting attacked. You know, yeah. you could replace. I guess what I'm saying is that you could replace those wargs with a bunch of wolves or just some other wild phenomena that was just randomly attacking them, and yeah. it would still work hmm. because it's, it's where you get those really weird cuts, like which is you can't really edit around it. It's where you're like, oh my god, they're on a tree, and then cut, and there's Thorin on the floor with a plank of wood on his yeah. arm, and you're like, uh, what? How yeah. did you get there? Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was one of the very noticeable. Parts of yeah. this cut, yeah, and, and it's probably which is a shame again, you can't I, really help it. Yeah, I actually don't mind that scene in the original Hobbit. I think it's really good, and I think it's a and and whole, Bilbo's whole thing there after meeting Gollum mm. and things and coming out of that, and then obviously um, confronting confronting them and being that like, very oh. awkward moment where he's where he's like, hello, <laughs> Thorin is like mouthing him off, and, yeah. and then he just turns up and, and he just it. takes off the ring and yeah. is then there, yeah, yeah. and he's that that's really really good but then the line he says after of like because someone took your home someone that's a really good I'm, moment I'm, yeah, here, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm here to you know that whole moment is even more impactful because of him then saving Thorin and not just it being like yeah. um, I'm yeah. wrong because it comes across in the, the, this cut that he says I was wrong about you because I was wrong for mouthing you off sorry which yeah. is okay but it doesn't land the same as like I, thanks for saving my life yeah, you're back like, then you're like what <laughs> I'll, I'll sort of again try not to I'll sort of counteract your point with Devil's Advocate but again that, that um, I'll, I'll send you the links to the, the female YouTuber I think her name is uh, Lindsay Ellis or something um, apologies if I got your name wrong but she mentioned that it's a good moment to have between Thorin and Bilbo and them having that oh I was completely wrong and like gives them a massive hug and stuff like that but she felt that the that moment came way too early in the trilogy it would have been way more impactful if that happened, like maybe in the the latter half of the second film, or if you it have would, a third film. It would have because it happens yeah. right at the start of the, not even right at the start, at the end of the first film. You're like, okay, that kind of arc is already complete, and we've only just started um, this trilogy. What, it doesn't really make sense. What this what this trilogy should have been is two films, and that point should be the midway point of the two films. Or at which, the end. Or maybe no, because the yeah. first movie should be about the bonding of Bilbo with the dwarves, and in particular Thorin. Yeah. And then the second half of the story should be Thorin turning slightly mad, and mm. Bilbo then trying to use that friendship he's forged with him to yeah. put him back on the straight and narrow. 
Yeah, that's yeah, what it should that, be. Yeah. In yeah. between them retaking Erebor and then the battle at the end. I think that's a good argument. That's, that's good. That's what it should be because that yeah. emotional moment is really important. And it. Mm. But the thing they, is that they kind of it was cut around, but they tried to keep it in as well, and it's kind of it doesn't work. Yeah. Because it was all tied up with Azog and this orc line where Thorin had this like revenge kind of thing with Azog. So what they've done is they've taken that bit that would generally wasn't much good in terms of like the Azog Bolg. Dolgaldor line and they've ripped it all out but that has affected um, other parts of the film yeah. it's, it's affected Bilbo's relationship with Thorin yeah mm. it's what happens when the extra stuff that's put in is tied too much to the main central plot of the film mm. you as, as much and there's nothing that you can do about that no. it's not it's not a problem that this this editor is sort of no it's not yeah no. um, but I, I, I think it would have I think still in this particular cut Focusing on Bilbo, that's one of the things I would have left in because I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important. Hmm. I think it's really important. Oh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but then any... obviously you get the problem of like, well, you have to show more of the orcs, and then you have to. Yeah. You know. hmm. In an ideal world, at the end of the first movie of our, of the two movies that I think the Hobbit should be, you have that big moment between the two of them where he's like, "Thank you for saving my life." Hmm. And at the same time, you kill off Azog, and you have like Azog is the villain in the first film, and then the villain in the second movie is obviously Smaug so, and Thorin, yeah, and then obviously Thorin later on mm. in, the, in the in the end of the, the trilogy in a way. Yeah, I think that would trilogy. work. Yeah. yeah, they had this they had this weird thing where they had they had Azog and then they had Bolg, so they had kind of had two orcs that were kind of villains. <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah. Confusing. It was like a big henchman with his with his boss or something which is really weird I yeah. think I can't really remember from the original which trilogy. is telling because they yeah. obviously they weren't very memorable characters no yeah. they do I think just remember we'll, having a we'll talk steak arm yeah we'll talk about this yeah. one when we do like the we'll do it the each individual film maybe sometime in the future but like I think I want to get onto when we eventually do talk about those films is like the CGI and stuff like that it's like very noticeable and glossy and everything like all the orcs don't look like orcs they just look like mm. I don't know the, yeah. I don't know how well to describe it like when you look at like the Lord of the Rings films there so I guess that's the difference between having CGI characters and all these like um, prosthetics and like all like the physical equipment makeup. and stuff makeup it looks so much more ugly and menacing and stuff but then when you have CGI orcs they look glossy and clean and they don't look menacing or intimidating at all um yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those when we get onto those films. Is there anything that you wanted kept in to the film, Ed? Um, it's, it's hard because I think, I think uh, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that was cut out. Yeah. But all of that stuff is linked in with this kind of subplot that they had going yeah. on. Yeah. So if you put it in, you're kind of it's cool stuff. Like you could you could put in the White Council, but then it doesn't go anywhere unless you add in. Yeah, Dolgaldor. Dolgaldor, which, the, and then you have to add in should. more about Azog. It's, so it's, it's, it's tied to that, and you. The film is all one thing, and you you can't really separate it. I think that might link onto one of the things that I kind of wanted to see, but can understand why they didn't, because it would have been linked with all like that stuff that you mentioned is Radagast the Brown. It's they have that little one word, like one sentence or whatever, where well conversation with Bilbo has that talk with Gandalf like what they the other? Show him. that was they, very weird they, they pan down and they show him run and it's gone and that's it <laughs> that's the entire thing we get with Radagast the Brown and it's like I kind of liked his 
weirdness. I liked his when he's talking with his little hedgehog and like all that sort of shit. But then that links in again. It links in with the weird Galadriel or that. No, but no. He was an addition. I guess that's that's one thing. Like, if I was to make my own film about it, I probably would. You know, that's another thing I probably would add on because that's just again that like world building. Like, is there a hierarchy to wizards? Is like, oh, kind of. Does, yeah. does it go, does it go brown, then grey, then blue, then white, and white is the supreme lord wizard? Sort of. I mean, <laughs> this is like law stuff, but um, yeah. Saruman is chosen. He's, he's considered the wisest of the wizards. Yeah. Um, and he's chosen to be the leader of the White Council. Um, even though Galadriel actually wanted it to be um, Gandalf. Gandalf. Um, yeah, because there's, there's that sort of... I get, like, Galadriel and Gandalf, you know, being good friends and stuff, but wasn't there, like, this slight undertone very, about this there was a very being lovers and stuff? Of... It's just like, uh, this is weird. Uh, no, no, thank you. They definitely have the hots for one. Yeah, wait, yeah, it's not at all in the Lord of the Rings, is it? No, I can't remember. Yeah, so why do they like make some sort of like subtle? I, I think you're looking very nice. It's one of the, it was one of those things like, that I. What? And actually, if they showed the White Council, they would have had to put that in probably. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Which is a reason why you shouldn't. But um, yeah, yeah that's, just, that's have, it, have an extended sequence with Radagast the Brown, and he has a conversation with Gandalf and. Then that's probably why Gandalf leaves the first time, whilst they get captured by go- uh, goblins and stuff, and was, then yeah. he just comes back. And then that's all Radagast is not just panning down, see Radagast run across a field, and then boom, that's it. So like, okay, that's I, th- fine. I think it. I think it would have worked if um, you you did include some of that Dol Guldur plot with yeah. Radagast and Saruman and Galadriel, but it's all just kind of alluded to, and you never actually get to see any of it. Yeah, and and I know that would be. I don't know whether people would like just would like blue balling them. It might I think be a that's bit. very. I think that's interesting because that's a very that's a very book device though, because that, that happens in books a lot where things are explained off screen. Gandalf just says, "I need to go south to deal with some dark yeah. business," exactly. and then he's gone, Ooh. and then you don't get to hear any more about it. We've I all, guess we've all been south to deal with dark business. Yeah, we? <laughs> yeah I guess like. I guess that's why I'm a little bit more forgiving of like Gandalf leaving because I'm just like, yeah, you're cool, you're a wizard, do what you want, fine, I get it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but that technique is it's used in books all the time yeah. where something happens off screen that you don't necessarily see, but it works in books because it's better to do those things with words rather than visuals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those things about the medium of it is that you don't. Having characters just explain random expositional crap yeah. never really works in movies unless yeah. it's kind of in a certain setting. So if you just have somebody go, oh yeah, well, Radagast met up with Galadriel and they went to the thing, in the movie you're going to be like, well, show us that then, please. It's that <laughs> it's, it's that show don't tell yeah. thing. It's like the that, show don't tell yeah, thing, yeah. thing in movies. About, about um, storytelling in a way. But yeah. Um, whereas I, if you do that in the book and you, ha- and you say, you know, Gladriel has gone with Gandalf to the thing. You don't necessarily in a book go, oh, I want to follow that story. Yeah. Because you're like, no, I want to keep following Bilbo, but... Yeah. I mean, what it was in the book was an excuse to take Gandalf away from the dwarves when they go into Mount Yeah. Um, and that's all it was originally. Um, another thing I'd like for them to maybe keep in was probably the descendants of madness of Thorin. Because... I think in it's this cut that uh, it's, it's so abrupt it's that yeah. you're kind of like, oh yeah, he's got his he's got his place back. Thorin's really oh he's really happy, also, and now he's being a 
cunt for some reason. You're like, okay, yeah, why are you... <laughs> Cardinal West says, doesn't he, that he cuts the Arkenstone, which he doesn't, because the Arkenstone is still in... He doesn't cut the Arkenstone, it's still there. Yeah. But he says in the video he cuts most of the Arkenstone stuff, and I'm like... You, you don't. Well, you don't, because it's there when Bilbo is talking to Smile, which is pretty big. You can't cut around that no. at all. And also, Bilbo steals it and goes and gives it to them, so you, yeah. like, which is the entire plot of the Arkenstone which in this. Which I don't mind, but I wish there was more moments. Like I think there's moments in the original like Desolation Smuggle Battle of Five Armies where they're literally trying to scrounge through all the gold and like the cups and stuff, and they're like, find it, find it, find it. And I like to see more of that context of... Thorin, just that desperation and him going slightly more mad of the fact that he's so desperate to find this Also, thing. the other thing is that it's... it's, it's the Arkansas, I'm pretty sure, is mentioned in the first movie, but all of that is cut in this yeah. version until yes. you get later on in the movie when it's just suddenly like... Um, oh, it's when he's talking to the um, to King uh, Thoranduil. Yeah. Is that his name? Did I get it right? It's quite hard to pronounce. Is that... Stephen Thranduil. Is that Stephen Fry's character? Or? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Um, just no, 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 no. It's um, Stephen Fry's the master of Lake Town. Okay, that's I can't I'm remember the. No, it's like King Watson's face. It's up. the same guy who plays. Um, is, it, is it something Pace? Guys, the oh, villain. Uh, Ronan. 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 Who plays yeah. Ronan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. He's it. the one that shows like his face got burnt off by the dragon. Yes. Is he yeah. just hiding that with magic? I think it's magic. Or maybe showing off. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. Lee Pace, is like, that his name? Because like he has literally no face. That was a bit weird. I, I can't I'm I I'm going through all the like Yeah, it's Lee Pace. All the Tolkien lore that I know yeah. in my head. I can't think of a time when Thrundral was fighting dragons in the north. I yeah. think that might have just been added in I think by the filmmakers. Like like you mentioned, it's like it's it, one of those it, they saw the Dark Knight and they were like, We need somebody with a I think they just thought thing. I think they just thought, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if his face was half burned off by a dragon? <laughs> yeah. Let's and that's that. that's that's his motive for not helping the hey, dwarves. Literally, and stuff. I mean it fits it fits with this kind of weird, mysterious, creepy character because yeah. he's a little bit of a weird Yeah. Again, that's a very different that's, that's a big change from the book in, in the book. Um he is quite the elves are very different. They're they're much more kind of they're very kind of grim and dour in in the film. In 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 the books, they're a lot more kind of almost childlike, and uh, they, it's a children's book. They kind of they like they like sing and dance and yeah, um, yeah. Well, that changes when Lord of the Rings comes around. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like that in Lord of the Rings to some extent as well. Yeah, uh, people like have a big misunderstanding of what elves are in Tolkien. They're um, yeah. they're very complicated in that. But it's because he's talking to him, and that's the first time yeah. it comes up because he's like, "I know what you seek in the mountain," and you're like. To be honest, where's this been? I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess yeah. that's what I was like with when I was mentioning about the whole Bilbo, like not being told things straight away. It like if you're okay, you're gonna cut out all this, or you're gonna make a film or like a story with Bilbo going along. Sort of tell him, tell him that. Oh yeah, by the way, you're a burglar. Yeah, what for? I don't know. You're just a burglar, aren't you? Like, what am I? What am I looking for though? <laughs> looking well, for this Arkenstone. I'm going yeah. to break into your to your to your house so that we can you know take it back. Cool. Yeah. Right. So you're going to break in, but you, there's this stone I need you to go and get. Yeah. Oh, now you've told me <laughs> when we're just there. <laughs> also, um, I I love the fact that the Arkenstone is a Silmaril. Uh, it isn't a Silmaril. Is yeah. it not? No. Oh. Or oh, is that a common misconception? There we go. I know that there, there was there were, there's 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 like. People love to speculate, but it's it's not because we know how all the Silmarils, um, we know where they all end up, ah. um, and um, one of them is thrown into the sea. 
one of them irresponsible, isn't it? <laughs> one of them is uh, strapped to Airendel's head, and he flies across the sky in a boat. But wow, um, let's not worry about that. And one of them is <laughs> should have kept that in. <laughs> I wanted to see that in this movie. <laughs> and one one of them is thrown into a like a, a pit of lava. Oh. And people say, oh, well, this Arkenstone was the one in the lava. Um, but it's not. I know I know people really want it to be, but it's not. Mm. Like a Silmaril is on an entirely different level to what this Arkenstone is. The Silmaril like, has the light of the two trees in it. It's it's a very much kind of much bigger thing. Yeah. Arkenstone is just like a moonlight stone, isn't it? I, it's, I, it, okay. Well, in in the, in the Hobbit book, it is really like very little at all. It's just a nice gem that <laughs> a, they have. It's a shiny gem. It's just a shiny yeah. gem. It's just it's just our oh, shit. Well, we we have the one ring which makes you go mad. Well, we need that, obviously for this one because it was in the book. But we need something else though that makes Darren go mad. Well, it was so in the original the book, so it was. Yeah. It probably was like you said. Yeah. The one ring was. It was just a plot device to let Thorin go slightly. Well, yeah. uh, the Arkenstone, um, the Arkenstone doesn't make Thorin go mad. What makes Thorin go mad is that is dragon sickness, which is this idea that because Smaug has sat on this treasure for so long, it's his kind of greed and malice has seeped in to so the, the actual place, and yeah. Thorin spending time there um, begins to kind of pick that up. Hmm. No, I'm pretty sure all of that is not in the original movies, is it? I can't. I think they frame it as it's the gold that makes him go mad, like his father. I don't know whether they mention. It's that just greed. No, it is, isn't it? Because his, it, they say his father does, and that's before Smaug shows up. Yeah, which yeah. doesn't make sense. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, I mean, so, yeah. nice. there's kind of like this idea that dwarves are um, more likely to like fall to greed than like other people, but. That's just racist. I, I don't That's know. Not true. I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, I know we watched Lord of the Rings recently. So yeah. Shame on me for not remembering. But I'm pretty sure Glimly never did, tries to take the ring. No. No. And all he does is try to chop it and destroy his axe in the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the least greedy member of the party is the dwarf. <laughs> Maybe that's just a, to subvert expectations, Will. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. Um, what was the? I tell you what, should we talk about Smaug? Yes, I fucking love that's, Smaug. That's another great, great part. I love they, Benedict Cumberbatch's Smaug. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, I was relishing in that moment. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you kept all this in. This I, is great. But I was, I was saying to Will, like, I think the reason that those scenes are so good is the writing. Yeah, and like that is that's Tolkien's original writing. Most of it, it's, 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 it's really good. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the best bits. Have you ever seen um, Benedict Cumberbatch in the motion capture suit and he's on the floor and he's yeah. just like scaring It's so fucking great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good watch. It's that, so man. good. It is great. Really, really good. I think I have. He was obviously having a lot of fun. Yeah. Ah. Uh, you just. But he's, yeah. he's really great. It's, it's I. It, yeah, we were speaking about dragons earlier and like the size comparisons and. Smog, like I think in, even though you know Smog people is, have, the, is hands. It's not even a contest. He's the best movie dragon that there's ever been. I was literally about to say something like that. Like even better than the well, I know not movie, but Game of Thrones dragons. Well, they yes, they 100%. Don't, yeah. they don't not, really have personality. They don't have personality. Oh, they're just they're, they're just, just hungry. They're just beasts. Yeah. yeah. But um, we we were saying that like Smaug is, um, he's kind of because he's he's so intelligent. Yeah. And um, not just intelligent, but sort of. Um, 
He has wisdom and cunning and things, hasn't he? Like, this kind of wisdom and a cunning as well. He's almost like playing with his food as well when he's, like, going around talking to Bilbo. He's like, I could just instantly incinerate you, but I'm going to have fun. This is great. I haven't had company in a while. Yeah. (laughs) That's this very very old idea that, like, goes back to a medieval tradition that that the dragons like riddles. They like to talk in riddles. Yeah. And he's... He just enjoys... They're so superior to anything that that's probably their downfall, is that they're so overconfident that oh shit actually I'm going to die whoops <laughs> yeah um, I mean you were saying Will you thought it was kind of strange that he knew what Bilbo meant when he called himself Barrel Rider yeah yeah my 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 confusion there was that I was like well that's a recent event that's only happened and you've not left your slumber so how would you unless you have spies but then you explain that it's well known that that's how stuff gets to Lake Town, so yeah. he would just know it from historical reference rather than yeah, yeah, and that's that's really cool because you've got this villain that is sort of aware of aware of that history and and that yeah, lore, absolutely. We just um, Geminio in chat has just said not found uh, not film, but John Hurt also plays a great dragon in Merlin. I haven't seen Merlin oh. myself, that's, but yeah, from the clips that I've it's seen, good. he looks pretty that, good. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good yeah. representation. That's a good shout. Actually, I tell you what, is another really good shout for a dragon in a film. Have you seen the film Dragonheart with Sean Connery? No, as the no. dragon, he's great. I've seen clips of it. Yeah, he's really good. Like, see I, jazz a bit. I see ju- jazz a bit. I just think. Old, I just think that. I just think Smaug in the Hobbit ticks all of the boxes. Yeah, he's big. He's menacing. He's serpentine. He's intelligent intelligent yeah. he's yeah. he's all that you kind of want him to be I think it, it was, even though people have problems with the Hobbit films like Smaug is instantly like a classic instantaneously mm. um, like one of the like you say best dragon portrayals uh, and well written and it's very much the um, the inspiration for like to link something we all love D&D in here but yeah another bingo sheet everybody yeah, we'll talk about D&D on the podcast someone must have got someone must have got bingo at this rate come on has anybody got a line of three yet yeah. I might start writing down actually what you need to win bingo with us that would be D&D, fun D&D Star Wars we do need to do Marvel. that Marvel that might be fun yeah I'll write that down um, soon yeah oh Jem's got bingo you've been here for like two minutes <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so but, D&D Dragons. You know, D and D dragons are kind of described in the book as being extremely intelligent, and and this whole other race of beings that are not just monsters. They're just you know, it it it's very easy for the human brain, I guess, to see something that is lizard, you know, is lizard slash dinosaur like and ancient and mythical, and immediately go, oh, it's a it's a more of a beast than it is anything else. But actually, really, dragons are people just in a different skin, mm. and and Smaug captures that brilliantly. It's yeah. kind of similarly to um, this is a good reference of something that I watched last night. I watched um, the Studio Ghibli film, uh, Tales from Earthsea. Oh yeah, which is on Netflix. Any good? It's good. It, really interesting uh, thing. We might have to do a podcast about it. It's a whole kind of like controversy about the adaptation of it and yeah. it not really being faithful to the source material. Um, having said that, though. It's still a decent movie. It's a good yeah. watch. Oh, is this the the, the Earthsea um, quartet? Is that what it's called? Uh, from the, the the Wizard of Earthsea books, written by um, I've criminally forgotten her name. I'm going to look her up. Ursula. I've Ursula. S- that's it. Ursula Muck. Muck something. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> is it Ursula Ursula Gwen? 
Uh, it might be yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've only I've only ever seen one Studio Ghibli film, and that was um, shit. I've forgotten the name of it. I literally had it in my head. It's one of the um, Spirited Away. Yeah. I've only seen that, and I was like, it's right. It's like one of the Studio Ghibli's best films ever, and like, I watched, it and I was like, it's Ursula K. Le Guin. Is, ah, is that's the K, Guin. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have that initial in there. <clears throat> you've got to have it in there. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah but I... it's inspired me to go and read her writing because apparently Earth details of Earth, uh, the Wizard of Earth's details are really great. Um, but one of the things I loved, and it's one of those moments as, as a fan of world building where I was like, oh, I wish I thought of that idea for dragons. That's really cool. Mm. The dragons in her world are people. But they turn into dragons. No, oh. they are actually human beings who have chosen a different path in life. Okay. So when your soul is kind of like being manifested and born, you have a choice you can make as a, as a human. You can either become human and choose a certain set of ideals and live a human life, or you can, and I've, I have to admit, I've forgotten the ideals there, but if you choose to be free and you choose to be one with the wind and the fires, you become a dragon. And you spend your life as a dragon and you fly off, which is a really awesome concept of like, they're the same, they're like two, even though they're completely different, it's a dragon and a human, they are subspecies of the same soul. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I want to be a dragon. And it's kind of similar to the idea, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? I want to be, cool, be, be cool. able to fly around. I want to fly. I want to fly to work. Actually, I don't even want to work, I'll just burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can just fly away, right? And you don't necessarily have to talk. To <laughs> I don't have to stay here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that it's that concept of like, you know, a dragon is more than it's it's never judge a book by its cover, including yeah. a dragon, and that's. And know. I'd say another great portrayal of dragons in the D and D world is that I finished off listening to Campaign One of Critical Role and Matt Mercer's depiction of each of the. Each of the personalities of the, the dragons, dragons is yeah. just incredible, yeah. and I'm like, I want to see more of this, but I can't anymore because you killed them all. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Spoilers for campaign one. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that if you're invested, but God, they were so good. Um, yeah, yeah. In particular, um, Raishan, Raishan, who Raishan, is yeah. the green, uh, certainly inspired by Smaug, who is it's just a brilliant villain. Yeah, who is mm. the Smaug of of. Each, each I think in, in a way that you mentioned each one of the dragons is slightly different in their own way like I think the white dragon Vorgel is like more of a uh, animal like um, predatorial yeah each of them is sense. almost sort of like a different personality trait yeah. of, of well they're a different personality trait of Tiamat yeah but um, you know the um, kind of a, you know a Thordak the red dragon is very much like rage and yeah. anger and things Power associated with stuff. the colour red effectively yeah, yeah. Um, um, Raishan is the spellcaster she's the she's the diseased dragon yeah. who is dying who is this kind of manipulative um, very highly intelligent you know al- almost like the wizard dragon she's kind of like yeah. you know um, she's the thinker the schemer the long the player of long games and things and that's you know she's the deceiver uh, yeah. you know, as, as all of their, their nicknames indicate they're kind of different personalities in a way yeah you know. it's really cool um today i smell smell was great yes i literally yeah. but yeah i i always i always rooted in i always felt a little bit sad that smog died <laughs> you felt smart for a genocidal maniac who's greedy for gold <laughs> well to- tolkien says like smog is the last of the dragons the, the dragons of the north <sighs> like 
that's them gone. Are there any um, like stories in like the first age of Middle Earth? Oh yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. make make stories of the first age. You want to see more dragons? Are they going to be dragons. doing that on the Amazon Prime show? Actually, uh, maybe I don't. Maybe know. Just are, there any, are there any dragons in the second age? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, there there are the. Yeah, there, there will be about because Morgoth makes the dragons, um, and um, make dragons sweet. So make dragons. Yeah, they they they're probably about in the second really, age. That's really cool. There's there's so many. Oh, there's so many. There's so many cool dragons in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Because there's like the first one who is a who isn't really a winged dragon. He's like a Glaurong. Yeah. Glaurong. He's yeah. like a drake. He's like a proto dragon. That was actually think. Uh, wasn't there? What's, um, the, what's the what's the one that flies. And, and Caligon. That's it. And Caligon. I thought you said Caligon. Caligon. <laughs> you do, do <laughs> Put him in the tumble dryer. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, uh, there wasn't there this thing when um, the Hobbit Desolation of Smaug first came out and you saw Smaug for the first time. And isn't there a difference between like lizards that can fly if they've got their wings attached to their arm they're technically drakes but if they actually have four legs and they've got wings on their back that's a dragon there's yeah. a whole that you there was, there was, debate about that <laughs> wasn't there an edit that they made or like one of the theatrical releases in America compared to the UK or something like that where Smog was, was actually was, a drake it was or the, something it was the trailer because in the trailer yeah. of the first film they show Smog attacking Erebor and what happens is his front claws come through the door first yeah um, so you know he has front like some front two feet, but in the um, in the film that came out, he doesn't. He just like fire blasts through it, doesn't he? And then yeah. stomps through. Yeah. Mm. Although um, I suppose he he could technically because st- he's still got like quite maneuverable fingers on the end of his wings. Yeah. He can still like. Yeah. He can still claw his way out. I can't remember. It. I don't think it yeah. matters very I just, much. I just but... yeah no obviously it, it, depe- really it, well, it just depends remember. on what culture you're from because technically yeah. all of them are dragons. It's just that, you know, it's like Asian dragons don't have wings. They're yeah. serpents in the sky. They're still dragons. You know, it's it just depends on sea dragons, for example, like hydras are dragons and yeah. things. So there's like there's a funny, there's a tree you can get up on. There's a, a dragon family tree that you can get up on Google <laughs> that has all the branches of what dragons are. And Amazing. they have the, the more kind of Western four-legged wings dragon as a dragon, but mm. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. In yeah. D&D lore... Dragons are four-legged. Yeah. The, uh, the smaller dragons are wyverns that have the, the wings yeah. like Smaug does. There's something about. There's a new D and D book coming out, isn't there? That um, that is all about dragons. It's all about dragons, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah. Is that the one with a really cool cover for the book? Yeah, the, the two yes. dragons in like, yes. the dance of dragons. The dance. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what is there to speak about this film? Um, what would the we said. Did we, did we mention like our least favourite characters of this cut? If we're going to be taking this as its own film sort of thing, is there like one particular character you're like, oh, just just kind of get rid? Oh, not, oh, not get yeah. rid, but I just don't like this at all or the way the, the film portrays the character because there's so many things that have been edited out and stuff like that. Because for me, I'd say for me it would be Thorin. I'm just like, I just don't like your character at all. Really? Yeah, I, really? Re- I really don't. Because I just think... I don't know, he's too... I guess that's probably what his character is, but he's too stoic and he's so fucking, I don't know, edgy. And he's just... Proudful. Proud. And, like, the pride. And then, again, it's that sort of... 
abrupt turn in his character him just being a prick at the end it's like why why are you you get just... a lot you get a lot of whiplash yeah. with Thorin's character because yeah. he has that thing where he's sort of come to terms with Bilbo and respects I... him and then goes back to not yeah and then he has to be proved and to I again don't, and then, yeah. I don't think I initially really enjoyed his character even in the three individual films but they were certainly still better than in this cut because yeah I think the worst thing about it was the ending of when it's one of those there's, classic there's, there's things no... of a character that has to learn the same lesson again. Yeah. It's not really an original yeah. concept. And I yeah. think when they leave out the context of kind of... Because it goes back to the whole greed thing and, and the, the, you know, obviously yeah. the dragon, you know, fever or whatever it is. Dragon sickness. Yeah. Dragon sickness is is a thing in the book, which is obviously explained in the book and given context. So it's like, oh, it's not... Thorin doing this, it's, it's the fact Smaug was sat in Erebor for so long that it's like a toxic place for anybody to stand. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of... It's, so you it's, kind it's, of... It's, it's complicated, though, because I think there there is also an element of it's just they've discovered all there's all this treasure that's in the world now and people want people are greedy, people want the treasure. Want the treasure. And that is yeah. the main reason that they actually end I up. I think that they go too much with that angle, though, with the treasure greed in the films. And I think yeah. that's why it ne- maybe doesn't feel organic for yeah. Thorin because it's kind of like I, yeah I just I'm just trying to think of like more examples is you know I guess another thing of like the I guess a disadvantage of this cut is that there's so many um, again it's the show don't tell sort of thing it's like right you're telling us all this time about like the elves not helping you when you are called for their help and then you just do it yourself and you're like well you're just a massive hypocrite I don't like you at all you're you know saying that they've you know effectively they have kind of their excuse it was a freaking dragon so of course they don't really want to commit suicide by just running in um and and then when it just comes over to like really petty things by just hey you kind of said your word about giving a little bit of gold away and now you're just yeah i just yeah it could be the whole greed thing but i just think yeah again it's like and they're not exploring it enough and that's I what think, the cut do you know does. What, do you know what I think would be really good? I think it would have worked better if if it was told. I'd love to see this version of Thorin told of like telling him as a tragic hero. Yeah. And and really like hammering that as the main theme of it is like you kind of know he's set up for failure because mm. his father went that way or whatever. But that's ultimately where he ends up. So it's like every good character development he has is really lovely, but it comes with that heavy weight of all oh, this is going to hurt in the end because yeah. He's a genuinely good person trying to do good, but he falters at it. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess they they do that in some respects in both the cut and the originals. But I think there's too many kind of conflicting ideas with his, yeah, with the source of that change. Yeah, it's not it's not explained very well at all in the cut version. Um, but I think like Thor- Thorin is like supposed to be quite an arrogant, haughty, prideful character. Mm. Um, and that's always the way he was but it's it's about him coming to respect Bilbo and then Bilbo coming to respect him that is like a big part of the heart of the film yeah, yeah. Um, my actually least favourite character is actually uh, Bard <laughs> which one's Bard? I forgot exactly <laughs> which one's there we go he's the one, Bard, the, 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 one that shoots the dragon the one that kills yeah like... I, I kind of felt like he was just so out of place. He was just plain. It wasn't. There's, there's no. You. I like him. Cut out so much of his story. Though. He's, he's his name, uh, Luke Evans, isn't it? That yes portrays him. Like yeah, really like him as a he's actor. Actor, yeah. He's great. Um, yeah. but 
Yeah, like you say, just... Oh, you're here to kill a dragon. That's it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's what that's what Bard is in the book. He's, he's yeah. the guy that kills the dragon, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it doesn't... I don't think it comes across very well. No. Um, and it's a little... It's very, very kind of tropey. Um, yeah. So I sort of... I, I struggle to get on board with that. But I don't think there's anything, anyone... There's, there's, no, there's no terrible it's, characters in, in it's, the um, no, there's no There's no Jar Jar Binks in this movie. No. There's no, like... <laughs> completely atrocious character no um, I, I guess another little should we talk about like the editing towards the end which is probably what I have a massive problem with um, the very jump cutty just end just a very jump cutty end because it's just it comes into they're all like having a little hissy fit and a big bloody couple's tiff about who owes money to who and whether they should or not and then dwarves come down and they're about to start a massive fight, and then there's some horns that happened, and then all of a sudden the dwarves are fighting with the elves, and you're like, wait, what? Was yeah, the, what? this agreement? Just the way that, that happens. The, bu- the battle is played out, and, and has then, to be cut, though, yeah. And then Bilbo's all of a sudden in the battle, even though I guess it's what was one of the um, one of the videos that I saw about. It was a bit. They made the argument about why the uh, end of Endgame is not really a good battle. Like there's the moments that stand out, which is like you know Captain America picking up Mjolnir and Iron Man snapping his fingers and killing Thanos. Sorry, spoilers for Endgame, by the way, Ed. I know you were really desperate to watch this film, and now I've ruined, ruined, it. ruined it for you. What, like Thanos dies? Yeah. Oh my god. Forgive him for that. The bad guys lose. That is blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously like really epic time moments. travel. Time travel as well. My fucking god. Um, there's obviously really really like great moments. But the sense of the battle of there needs to be a good balance of there needs to be moments where, you know, there is hope, there is hope, there's hope. Oh, my God, we're about to win. And then, oh, shit, no, the enemies are coming back on us. And the comparison he made is with the battle of uh, in Lord of the Rings. Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. And why there's so many detrimental moments where you're like, oh, fuck, well, they're shooting other arrows. Oh, there's some, some of the enemies dying. There's a little bit of hope. Oh shit! Now they're getting caught towards the, the tunnel. Okay, we've shot the one guy. Oh no! Now that the guy's just thrown his body and he's committed suicide, and the whole wall blows up. Oh my god! There's so much bad shit that happens that make, gives you on the edge of your seat. There's not really a lot of that in Endgame. Like I don't mind. I quite like the ending of Endgame, but I, there's so many moments where you're kind of like, oh, I wish there was more nail-biting moments there's where the villains much, could have won. There's not the, as much dramatic tension because yeah. you kind of know it's in... And I am inevitable. Another moment, an- another thing he does say also is the geography. You need to have a clear mindset of what the battlefield looks like in a fight and where everyone is. And in this cut of The Hobbit, it's like, right, okay, so we're just outside of the mountain yeah. and the main entrance. And then they're coming down the ma- the hill with the dwarves and stuff. And then, all of a sudden, Bilbo is like right next to the entrance of the Lonely Mountain, and now he's all of a sudden in the middle, in between everyone fighting. And the next minute, oh shit! Now we're on this edge of a cliffside in a lake. 
Oh, and now Thorin's dead. And, okay, right. Fuck, we're jumping all over the place here. Where is everyone? What is, this, this version, wait. this cut version, does give you that sense of I don't know where the battlefield is anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's going back to what we said at the start. Yeah. It's because it's they're telling Bilbo's story. Yeah. And Bilbo's story in the book is he gets knocked out. He gets knocked out yeah. like five minutes into the battle and doesn't remember anything that, else. I did quite <laughs> laugh at that moment of when he is running. Oh, he, he puts on the head. ring and it instantly gets knocked out. You're like, well, that was pointless then, wasn't it? That was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, quite funny. Um, I, interesting enough, because there's two versions of the Battle of the Five Armies, isn't there? Because there's the one that is in the original movie and there's one, the one in the extended cut, and they are, oh, yeah. I believe, they're different. Quite, they're quite different. Ah. The one in the extended cut has the dwarves and the elves fighting. They actually start fighting. They start yeah. fighting yeah. a little oh. bit before the orcs show up. Yeah. Whereas in the original cut, they the orcs show up and, and the dwarves go, shit, form a defensive line, and then the elves eventually decide to leap in and help them. Yeah. And that's how it... But the trouble is, is they use shots from both versions of the battle. Yeah. So you have a, you have a scenario where you have... Um, the, the, the dwarves and the elves are fight, uh, like arguing and then there's a bit of a scuffle and then the elves arrive but then all, all of a sudden the dwarves are now in a perfect line yeah. even though they were beating up the elves and it it's so weird it's so really really weird that's one thing I, I did notice it was like oh yeah. you've okay I know you wanted to cut the battle of the five armies down but you've not helped yourself you've by not made forcing this make any them sense. to fight first and foremost yeah. when in the original cut you have a perfect setup for a shortened fight yeah. The dwarves just go straight and form a defensive line, and then the elves help. Yeah, yeah. you could just cut out all the fight that happens in, in, you in don't, Dale. You, um, you can just, all of that extended stuff in the extended edition, you, just, you don't need to use it. Just use the original cut, and then yeah. cut all the Dale stuff. And yeah. I think one of the things you can't get around is that when Thorin dies, he dies like up on a glacier on the side of the <laughs> yeah, mountain. Yeah. yeah. So when he dies in this, they have to show him, like three miles away from the battle <laughs> yeah. on a glacier on, on top of a mountain like yeah, you're it's like well why is he up there that road rage so thing abrupt. with the cart and that whole scene with the there's a is there an, uh, there's an ogre as well or something involved there's so much weird, so stuff, much weird stuff this is, this is what I mean about how that they just they they didn't have anything else to do in they the last film they called Michael Bay to direct the yeah, last movie and he bit. was like oh another <laughs> another part that I found quite funny is that obviously they've cut out everything to do with the orcs um, but literally the first line and only line that the lead orc guy says is well he says one thing he like stands on top of like the thing my army's like, my army's here <laughs> like, who are you? it's like who the fuck are you <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> who, are you? who are you doing here get down from there and then we just don't see him ever again we don't what happened to him it's, it's a really good point <laughs> so without weird. any context of the Dolor <laughs> orc stuff the orcs do just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like they heard like, that everybody I guess I guess you could say even, that oh well everybody knew that they were going back to the mountain, so eyes turned towards the mountain. Yeah, yeah okay, that's fair. So just, but it's dude? like they just happened to be like, Oh, we knew you were here, so surprise. It's like <laughs> who's this fucking albino orc? What's, what's he doing here? It's like, why have you only got one arm? What's yeah. going on? Are you? Yeah. But you can't we, we we can't have both we can't have yeah. both ways. It's that's just, just a sad fact. Like Yeah. You know I just I just is it? I I think I googled the cardinal cut and it was something... one thing I do like. I was just say yeah, no, sorry. The, <laughs> the the one scene I do like just because it's epic. It doesn't matter. That it's in the battle of the five armies and it's needless. That I do like is when the elves jump over the defensive line of the dwarves. 
Yeah. In that in that scene, that's it's cool shop, bro. That's cool. really cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, but cool. um, also it's just nice to see an army of elves and dwarves fighting together. Yeah, it's yeah. quite cool. I wish they do do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they don't really want to, but they have to, I guess. Well, that's that's yeah, the kind yeah. of, that's the kind of the lesson is that they are saved by the fact that their enemies turn like they were going to go and kill each other. Yeah. But they're saved by the fact that their enemies, mutual enemies, turn up halfway yeah. through. Thank you for turning up so I don't have to kill my other enemy. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right, all, all that gets mended because of uh, two lovable fellows from the Fellowship. Yeah. Who create good, good yeah. meanings between the dwarves and the elves in the fourth I, age. But I do have to sort of bring it back because Gemini in chat has also said no one shoots like the bard and kills the dragon like the bard, if you get that <coughs> reference. Because Luke Evans, who plays the bard, <coughs> also plays Gaston in Viewing the Beast, and that's the song. No one shoots like the bard, no one kills the dragon like the bard. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, I haven't watched that's that. a hell of a reference. That is a great reference, wow. I have to say. Um, yeah, because uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman plays... That's it. Luke Evans is only allowed now to play bard-adjacent characters. Yeah, if they're going to make a live-action um, Vox Machina, he's <laughs> play Scandal. Yes, the play Scandal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know what I was going to go on to. About this also, is this? I don't think this is the way the name Bard is just like a relative term for entertainer, isn't it? I think so. It is, but it was. It, it's he's not an entertainer. It, it is his name in the book. That's just his name. No. It's not. It's, it's not. He wasn't just the guy. He was the entertainer. Bard was his actual name. He looks at the kid and calls him Bard. I don't know. Don't know. That's funny, weird. Funny names. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Someone who grew up in a pub. You're Bard! <laughs> Wait, no, I am Bard. Uh, um, what else have you got to say about this this cut? I think we've... I've said... I'm trying to think yeah, if there's anything, any other I'm points saying. I want to make about yeah. it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I liked following yeah. Bilbo's story. Um, it's very good. Yeah. It has. It's nice, as you said. It's like a highlights thing, and it shows you the heart of the Hobbit films, which is mm. really lovely. And All of the best bits. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, it makes me kind of go want to go back and watch the Hobbit films in a whole. This is mm. where I'm kind of thinking. I think overall, I probably still prefer the Hobbit as a three film in a way. I that's where I, I came down. Yeah, because I'm just like I didn't mind this cut from the two thirds but the last third was so bad like with how everything was just jumping all over the place and nothing really made sense anymore I was like I need context I'd, I'd prefer to see the whole thing as boring as it might be I'd rather have stuff that is boring with context than without and it's, it's, that's bound to happen in the climax of a story isn't it because yeah. that's where all the, the threads come back to yeah. the central point of the story so if you're trying to just tell one linear path when you don't have all of the extra stuff in, of course the last bit's going to be really short because it's only resolving one yeah. thing rather yeah. than many things. So yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it's just the way that story story structures work. But um, no, I, I agree with both of you. I I, I would watch the. I, hmm. There's a lot of stuff that is needless, but like, I, there's I, stuff in there that I, I agree. As a nerd, I find enough interest yeah. in it to yeah. be. I mean, like, I, I, can, I was I saying like there is there is just a part of me that does like seeing. Galadriel, Elrond, and Saruman yeah. kicking Sauron out of Dorgodor. <laughs> yeah, like I, I do. I'm sorry. There, there are there are parts where I kind of understand. Like yeah, you don't really need that sort of stuff because it it, it, it it sets up Lord of the Rings, which is like no, tell your own story yeah. about the Hobbit first, and also the fucking love story. You don't need to cut all that shit out. Um, but it's sort of 
what was it? The I, I googled the cardinal cut on Google. I googled Google on Google. Well done, Ryan. Um, it's two hours into this. <laughs> you don't, you don't say. No, I don't say. Um, and I think it. The guy that cut this basically said something like, "I cut all the crap bits out and made this a movie better or better than the originals or something like that." And I was, I just think we don't, we shouldn't disrespect the guys that made these films like Peter Jackson and you know the thousands I'm sure people that like worked behind the scenes to make that one shot that you really enjoyed really cool or you know there's been so much effort put into mm. these films I'm not saying that they don't deserve criticism but the, the Hobbit movies are still yeah, good they're just still... a slightly misguided vision of what people yeah there was there was something um, that jumps out to me related to that actually was <clears throat> yeah. um, an interview I saw um, after the films came out with um, Christopher Lee talking about Saruman's role in it yeah. and he was saying he was disappointed in The Lord of the Rings because he he's a massive Tolkien he was a massive Tolkien fan he yeah. was disappointed in Lord of the Rings because you didn't get to see all of the sides of Saruman and the fact that he was once wise and he was once good and what he gets to do in the Hobbit films is he gets to show Saruman before he was corrupted Yeah, and he he was really passionate about saying you know Sauron, um, Saruman kicks Sauron out of Dolgaldor and he says, leave Sauron to me. And then he means it. Yeah. He means he's going to take out Sauron. And it was kind of, it was kind of a bit heartbreaking that... That's the last bit. Yeah. That, that <laughs> was, that was, that, that was, that was his, the end of his relationship with, um, Tolkien in oh, film, and 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 they're kind of like, no, I I do love that bit. I I, yeah. I do I yeah. do like that portrayal, and I, it's a yeah. shame that it's kind of gets dismissed. There's definitely a lot wrong with it, but there's also something really cool in there as well. Yeah, I think and the, just throwing the baby out with the bathwater a bit. Yeah, mm. it's the, the Hobbit films are not that everything in the Hobbit films is well done. Mm. Yeah, and it's well acted and if it's well written. Tell you what, the trouble is, I'm, is that it's not. People don't have the problem with that necessarily. People get frustrated at the fact that it. There's too much good stuff, so it just becomes an incoherent mess of kind of. There's there's not the focus it should be, which is what the book is on Bilbo. So yeah. it's, you know. Um, keeps on thinking that you say Dumbledore, Ed, not. <laughs> I've been saying Dumbledore. No, you haven't. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go. I'm going mad now. No, you are going mad. We're all Dumbledore. Going mad. I Dan, will. Dan. <laughs> there's there's two things um, that I want to say. So, I think if you just take them as they are, the three films, they're pretty good. The Hobbit films. Um, it's just the unfortunate thing that this film has to try and live up to the expectations of the Lord of the Rings. Like that's always going to be impossible whether you know no matter how good the hobbit films are yeah and i'll also compare it to get your bingo cards out star wars <laughs> ding, ding. if you were to tell me that the hobbit films was made in such a short time as they were and they turned out this good that's a fucking achievement that is incredible yes. like star wars they did that with the sequel trilogy they had no plan of what they were doing they had no there was no communication between the directors and that's how we ended up with Rise of Skywalker. Look how bad that turned out to us. You might enjoy it, whatever. But comparing the two, it's lion day. It's, it's yeah. I, I like I always think that 
the Hobbit film. I, I'm glad they exist because I yeah. like being back in Middle Earth, and I think in a vacuum they are good films. Yeah, but they're always going to be judged poorly alongside Lord of the Rings, and yeah. that's kind of a and shame. You can't really. do that. That's I guess ultimately the point we're trying to make is I don't think they are should. not the Lord of the Rings films. They're their own thing. It's a shame that that it was decided that they needed to live up to the Lord of the Rings rather than. Mm. Which is why I the would've... creative vision of yeah. uh, there you go another bingo card, uh, giving creative and directors control over things yeah. and no studio give, interference. Give them time. Or just like, so, yes. one person's sole vision of just a movie is important because yeah. it, you know, yeah. Who knows whether Guillermo del Toro would have made a trilogy? But I don't think he would have. I think you know. I think we he were, might have paid, made a part one and two, maybe, but that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Like you know, I was I was thinking watching this four-hour film, and I was like, I kind of wanted more in some aspects. So you know, condense it into two, two, two and a half hour films. I think there is that. That's really it. I or think, two three-hour films. Yeah. They don't need three three-hour films at all. Yeah. Like maybe there's a cut out there that already exists of that. Maybe maybe we should look for it. Release because I think release the Jackson cut. Release <laughs> <laughs> hashtag release the Jackson cut. Like it's been locked away somewhere. Yep, like they did with Suicide Squad <laughs> and Justice League. There you go. There's your last bingo cards. Oh, Referencing Justice League and Suicide Squad yet again, boys. We got it. We done it. Podcast over. We're oh, done. Well done. <laughs> Well done. Sorry. <laughs> Why do we have to end on that note? No, we don't. Look, is there is there any other things we want to say? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you. Let okay. You, let, let you keep that. <laughs> no. Um, You're no. you are right, Jim. Dogledore does sound like Dumbledore. Yeah. Dogledore. Mm, Dogledore. Yeah. Now you've said I I I'm. I'm... You're always gonna reference. Why that, did you man? say that? <laughs> Dogledore. Sal. <laughs> Sal, Sal, Ron. <laughs> God's sake. Um, yeah, so... Probably sorry, I ruined everything. How to ruin... Actually, tell you what, I saw this earlier on Twitter. Um, Corey Balrog um, tweeted something, and he was retweeting it. Someone was like, how to ruin Lord of the Rings in four words. And he was like, it's a walking simulator. Kind of. I... I don't think it is. No, no, no. I, I see what he's trying to do there, but yeah. he's, he's missed the ball. I he's think. missed it's the... that strike one. Have you it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey. You're, you're not watching this. <laughs> um, I mean, any film's a walking simulator. Any film that's got walking in it is a walking simulator. If you want to watch a walking simulator, Tales from Earthsea was a walking simulator <laughs> yeah. for the first half of the film. <laughs> um, the it's game travel from place the, to place. The game Death Stranding is a walking simulator. <laughs> Terror. Fuck me. Christ. Do you think they'll release a Wii U version where you have to walk? A Wii U? Yeah. Would you, why would you need to walk with a Wii U? Because you like step on the thing and it tracks you. Don't you mean Wii Fit? Or Wii Fit, one of them. Or Nintendo Switch. Maybe yeah. maybe they'll do a Pokemon Go thing. On your on your on your phones you'll have like a Lord of the Rings app and you're like you have to travel this far to travel the same distances Sam and Frodo did to walk Mount around, Doom. Walk around Middle Earth, yeah. That's, that's cool Is idea. anyone someone's obviously worked out how long the distance was don't they from the Shire to Mount Doom how long is that oh god well, I don't know I'm going to go ahead it's quite a long way the Shire to I mean, Mount Doom it, the, the whole story in terms of their actual journey takes about a year Jesus Christ it was even a, a 1,100 miles is the distance that's from the Shire to Mordor that's a fair way isn't it 
That's pretty, that is pretty long, isn't it? Three times the length of the United Kingdom. Should we do that? What? Walk? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the Shire to method, Lonely actually. Mountain? Uh, <laughs> oh god, to the Lonely Mountain. Yeah, it's nice. Less. Nine hundred seventy-six at sixty-seven. Well, yeah. I don't know. Is that like as the crow flies, or is that maybe? I don't know. I'm I mean, sure because they they like in the in the Lord of the Rings they like kind of went back on themselves in certain parts of the film, yeah, didn't they? they? So straight like, out. yeah, they didn't just go straight to Mount Doom. It wasn't just a. Yeah, it wasn't a straight line. Yeah, they could have done that if they got the eagles involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me I tell you, I tell you what, that's actually brought up, up an, a thing that I was thinking is why, with, with it being three films, is this going to be like a final Q and A section that we've got going on? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Um, with the Lord of the Rings films and the Hobbit films as trilogies, it kind of makes more sense of why the eagles are like. Uh, how do you say it? what's the word sporadically spaced out and you don't you don't see them as often but with this cardinal cut you're kind of like oh the eagles are here oh the eagles here again like three times they, I think they, they show up quite a lot yeah yeah so you're kind of like just tell the eagles to help you just yeah, why don't is, they just do e- that there is an explanation I yeah. know oh, there is an explanation <laughs> I guess it I guess that's what I mean is because it's like a shorter film yeah. and they show up so often you're kind of just like just take the eagles all the way but because in the original of them being three films they don't show up as often so you're kind of don't think about it as much I don't think yeah I can see why people have that question yeah. um, but, but it's never explained like why the, the eagles aren't a taxi service they're like oh. independent creatures um, that might help you occasionally but they're not they help there to follow more orders. specifically they help Gandalf out occasionally yeah, they're, very, they're very linked to Gandalf but that isn't explained so is there, is well, there I think a, there, is, there, a, there is an explanation that is given in the, uh, Cardinal uh, West's video where he yeah. says that there was an explanation given that the reason that they don't take them to Erebor is they don't like flying over the lands of men because they get Shoot. shot down yeah. <laughs> oh, what? They, they... so once again Mankind is at fault. <laughs> no, they, they do say in the books the eagles tell Gandalf we don't we don't like to fly over the lands of men because they have longbows and they shoot us. Aww, it's very sad, really, isn't it? <laughs> I love how you also mentioned that they. I would like a pet. They, but they, I would like a pet giant eagle. They do. They, the reason that, that the men shoot them is because the eagles like grab their um, <laughs> crops and animals. Yeah, and... that's just nature, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Well, can you imagine like a. <laughs> Ten foot wing spell eagle, <laughs> eagle sweeping yeah. down on your house and stealing your like sheep. I do I do find it funny that um you mentioned oh they might help you out. So there was a chance that when Gandalf just decided to jump off that tree they're like, nah. Good luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Try and get out of that. He's a wizard, he's fine. He's fine. You probably find a Balrog on the way down and turn into probably white got a fly Gandalf. spell in his back pocket. Yeah. And, Cast flying himself. Mm. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> I don't think so. No. 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 Well. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Ed. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. fun. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, yeah. It was a longish podcast, but I bet we got everything covered. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um, yeah. the Hobbit Cardinal Cut, in in short, is right. It's good. Yeah. It's, right. it's, it's good. good. I'm glad I watched it's it. A, it's a different perspective. Glad I watched it. I probably won't again. Yeah. Um, but I there's a part of me that doesn't hope this is going to start a trend of watching all of the cuts of the Hobbit. Because oh, I'm, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, if we if that. we really run out of ideas, then we're 
<laughs> get to the bottom of the barrel and we're like, oh fuck, should we just talk I think, about Suicide think what, Squad again? I think what we do this? need to do, what we do need to do next is is we need to do uh, watch the original Hobbit movies and we'll do them. Do podcast. I don't know if we want to do them next week. Uh, the Hobbit film, or do we want to like, take a break from the Hobbit and then do something else and then do the Hobbit, or we definitely want to do the Hobbit films and Lord of the Rings films eventually, but whether how soon we want to do them. I have a uh, suggestion for Got. you that is not going to work. Great, because oh. I'm not, not going to be, be here. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, my my scheduling at the moment is tomorrow. I'm going back home, and I'm going to be there for like maybe seven weeks. Because I'm having an operation on Tuesday. Yeah. Great. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. But... <laughs> there you will. You, you will see me before I go. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean... Well, you... I think I will. I'm at work, so I don't know. Uh, tomorrow, work. my mum... I don't know when my mum's picking up, but we'll see. I'll let you know when I'm gone. <laughs> cool. When I've been gone. I might come back here anyway, just to see people, but... That's yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your time. What, 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 what was your plan anyway? What would you want to do? Well, it's the, the cinema. Uh, I forget the name of it now. Oh shit. Um, it's a. I think it's a, maybe an old theatre. But there's a cinema up in Wine Ladies Road that shows yeah. uh, a variety of films. They show new films, but they also show classic films. Green Knight. Um, there's no Green Knight. No. <laughs> it's not been released in the UK yet. Got um, but uh, one of the showings they were doing that uh, my friend told me about today was Parasite oh yes I really need to watch that I haven't watched it either I but haven't very good Apparently. so well I won Best Picture didn't I did one Best Picture mm. um, so if they're still showing it on their extended list of films I'm sure it's online somewhere on like Netflix or something. I think it's on Netflix or even that or even, Amazon Prime but I was thinking if you wanted a different cinema experience date that would be good but you can't do that because you're not here I can't do cinema so it doesn't, make any, it doesn't matter no, I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. We, could, we could watch the film anyway it probably not, might not be in the cinema. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be doing next, but we'll we'll sort it out. Follow us on fucking social media platforms. Join our Facebook group because we'll be hopefully. I didn't really tell anyone that we're doing a podcast today, but they were doing it today anyway. Um, but we shall be doing something next Saturday. We're doing it a bit earlier this week, obviously because time constraints and stuff. But yes. Um, yeah. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. I need to get the thing up because I don't know what to say next. Shit. Um, um, what do I need to say? If you if you enjoyed, give it a like on yeah. the platform you're on. Give us a rating. Give it's us a five star five rating. Five stars only. Yeah, five stars only. If yeah, you ignore anything else. Yeah, four <laughs> stars or one stars. Now get out of here. What the fuck are you doing? Like five stars of hate. If you hated us that much, it's five stars worth, isn't it? I hate you. Except five two stars. star reviews because I always find t- two star reviews really fascinating. Oh okay. <laughs> It's not total. It's not shit. total <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what quantifies is a what quantifies what is movie a, um, is a two star what is a two star it's not total shit but it's not good oh that's hard that's really hard I'll have to think should we do a should we do an episode on two star films <laughs> Maybe we should find some two star reviews. Maybe online. if if the um, if the film Superman Lives came out with Nicolas Cage, that would have been that would probably be a two yeah. star movie. You yeah. can't say it's shit because it's got Nicolas Cage. Because it's great. Because <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage, man. But it's uh, it's not really a cinema. It's not going to be any good. Legendary <laughs> no. experience, is it? No. Um, oh, really? I'm, that's going to boggle my head for the rest of the night. Now I need welcome. to know what two star films are. Um, but yeah, five stars on nothing.
leave us alone. Uh, you can also email us at cityofgeekandpod at gmail.com. Give us a question. How did you? What did you think of the Cardinal Cup? Yeah. What did you think? Yeah. What sort of suggestions do you want us to do in future? Um, you could also... What's your favourite part of the original Hobbit? Yeah. Did you like the weird love triangle thing that they did with <laughs> Legolas and a dwarf and another elf, Tariel, whatever her name is? Um, there's another thing. Like, she's a great actor. It's a shame. It's, it's just yeah, a shame she is, that yeah. she was kind of wasted. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? If you want to ask those questions but you can't be bothered to email us, you can go to our Facebook group. It's Globe, Globe of Geekum. Um, just... Join us. It's private. Yeah. Whatever. Watch some things next. If, if you want to talk about stuff that you obsess about that you don't want to go anywhere else, do it there. If you like, what, what do people like? Sinks? Do people like talking about their sinks and their plumbing? That's quite geeky, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> but you, you want to be careful saying people's plumbing, Ryan. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, yeah, whatever. That can be interpreted well, in many ways. If you wanted to. Yeah. Talk to talk to us about your plumbing. Yeah, do that on Facebook. <laughs> Amazing. Or you it's can good. follow us. Follow me on Twitter. I'm on uh, that. Uh, if you wanted to watch us live, we do so nearly every Saturday. But today we're obviously doing it on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, but that is you. You follow my Twitch. Twitch.tv/rizikins. Um, and then if you want to share around your friends and family, if you think that they would enjoy it, that'd be grand. Also, thank you, Will. Thank you, Ed. That's right, mate. Thank for you. For joining me time. on this weird podcast. That was like two hours of speaking about Hobbit. That's probably the longest we've ever spoke about an individual film before. It's two and a half hours. We are halfway through Fellowship of the Ring. Let's go and stick on the rest of it. Yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we shall see you next time about whatever we f- fucking talk about. Yeah, we Take will. care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>